Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. The wait is over. Last season's in the rearview mirror, and it is on at Winnipeg Jets training camp. Today was out there this morning. Got a chance to look at the Howard Chuck group on the ice and Rick Bonus and his coaching staff getting it going for a new season of Winnipeg Jets hockey. We'll be all over it today. Scott Billick and Mike McIntyre will join us from camp at the Iceplex. We'll talk a little football today. Andy McNamara jumping on later on today, getting ready for his Browns and Steelers tonight. For those of you that were wondering what happened to the lock shop today, by the way, a power outage at Nielsen Studios in Edmonton. So uh, if you want to hear us get to some picks for tonight's game, hang around after Winnipeg Sports Talk, and we'll stream that shortly after we are done the program. Again, if you're listening on the podcast just search Lock Shop and give us a sub uh, whenever you're doing that. Should be great, though. Lots of Jets talk today and great comments and feedback on yesterday's mega training camp preview, as Michael Remus coined it. Um, and thanks to everyone that checked that one out. If you missed it, though, uh, some real great content with uh, Murata Tesh in particular yesterday on the program. So check that out if you haven't already. But uh, it's on. We've got players on the ice. We've got lots to talk about. And we hope to have... Some audio from both Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele a little later on in the program. They've spoken just in the last hour or so as I was in transit to get back ready to do the program with Remo today. Uh, so Billick first up, Mike McIntyre after that. And coming up in a few minutes, Blake Wheeler stopped on the Raw Knuckles podcast with Chris Knuckles Nyland and, of course, former Winnipeg Jet Tim Stapleton. And uh, Remus is of some clips from that. It would be very interesting to play that for you. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes here on the program. Uh, listen, before we get going, a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including Coolbet Canada, Princess Auto, and Not Auto Corp, along with F Apparel, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Wallace and Wallace, Culligan Water, Consolidated Supply, Vita Health Fresh Market, Little Brown Jug. And, of course, our friends at Assiniboia Downs and Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Speaking of Breezy, just paying attention. President's Cup underway. Corey Connors out there. Taylor Pendrith. Great to see a couple of Canadian flags. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the afternoon as well. But uh, let's talk Jets. Training camp is on. Let's get Michael Remus in here and uh, start the program off. Remo, what's going on? I'm feverishly checking these updates. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I had lunch and I got some... Uh, leftover hamburger stuck in my throat. I've been coughing for the last like 20 minutes. Um, I've been feverishly watching uh, Twitter, see updates from uh, Mike, Billick, uh, Murad, everyone, Ken, everyone's out there. Jets training camp we have. Line combinations. Very exciting. Uh, first day is here. It feels good, Huss. It's good. And we you know, woke up today uh, what, to some low temperatures. So summer, uh, definitely over. You know what? Okay, I, I will agree with that. Summer definitely is over. But man, I was driving out to the Iceplex this morning in time for the opening um, the opening session. And the sun was shining. It, it didn't seem that cold. I mean, it seemed actually gorgeous out. And I don't know. I just, uh, I had an overwhelming feeling of positivity. And I know some people in the chat might go nuts on that. Uh, but just the fact that 
things seem to be well first of all there's a new season here we don't have to start keep talking about the damn 21 22 campaign that yes gave me many of us brain damage for uh for a long time but listen there was a lot of great things and interesting things to talk about over the course of this off season uh but here we are getting onto the ice today and uh Listen, it was great to see uh, the rest of the media out there and a number of fans that turned up for it. But maybe most interesting of it all, Reem, was the pace of the practice this morning. Um, Rick Bonus, I got to tell you, I, I don't believe that he's 67 years old. Uh, that's fake news. If you look at him, the way that he, like how active he is out there, the energy that he brings to the ice, um, he looks like he's about 15 younger than that. It was really, really impressive as to how involved he was in everything that was uh, happening. There was a lot of teaching going on uh, and some pretty interesting drills. I'll say this, and you know, it'll be interesting to get Scott and Mike's uh, take on this because I know they've spent more time around the rink the last few years, but um, this definitely does look like a very different coaching staff with a different focus and purpose with what they're doing out on the ice. And I think a big part of that as well was splitting up the groups the way they have. Um, you know, we didn't see Blake Wheeler today on the ice, no Pierre-Luc Dubois. They'll be in the afternoon group, as well as some of the more prominent defensemen, including the younger defensemen that, you know, you would think have a chance of cracking this lineup in Dylan Sandberg and Vili Hainala. Uh, but there was some skating at the end. Uh, guys looked like they were uh, they were dragging it a little bit, but that's, I'm sure, what the coaches wanted. Um and I'll tell you this, Reem, um, I know we were speaking yesterday about how these lines are going to look and what the Jets' top line might be. Uh, I'll tell you what, if it's Mark Shifley with Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor, I think we're going to be in for some fun hockey. Now, we'll see what happens in their own end. Uh, but uh, they were flying today. And uh, listen, I know we're going to hear in these interviews, everyone, it's the old best shape of my life season. Um Shifley looked awesome today. He was, uh, even at the end when guys were really feeling it in the skating drills at the end, he seemed to have an extra level right now on many players like that. And uh, as I said, you know, we heard some clips from him uh, over the course of the last hour. Sounds very positive about going forward. So I'll say this, there's very much a different atmosphere around Winnipeg Jets training camp today under Rick Bonus. And I got to say, Scott Arneal looks amazing too. I don't know if he's aged a day since he was here with the Manitoba Moose. So um, a lot of energy on the ice. As I mentioned, a great pace so far. Interesting to see how, you know, some of the players that were on today, Connor Hellebuck as well. Oh, and Reem, the highlight. And I was sitting with Dave Manuk of IC watching this, and I regret so much not having my video running because the play of the morning was Logan Stanley out muscling. I believe it was Mark Shifley who was sort of on him for the check. A, a beautiful dangle and a uh, five-hole goal on Connor Hellebuck, and Hellebuck was not too pleased about that. But uh, overall, we're not talking about individual plays or individual drills. It was more the uh, it was the pace, the energy that was out there on the ice, and I imagine that will continue this afternoon with the Steen group going at it uh, pretty much as we get underway with the program. Yeah, I was reading on Twitter that Brad Lambert was burning uh, people out there as well. So we're getting individual plays. People are tweeting them out. So, the, I mean, Iceplex is open. Go take a look. I'll have to try to make it down there uh, tomorrow. There's a scrimmage at 11 a.m. And another, they're doing the scrimmage again Saturday for FanFest. But we got line rushes. I saw Marat. I think he was the first one to post them on Twitter. 
Okay, uh, can I just quickly say this? Yeah. So when when the when the, the practice starts, yeah. and I'm sitting there with Ken and Mike and Billick, and Kevin Sawyer was by for a bit, uh, and then Hamilton came by. Uh, the the race to tweet out the lines was was the best. Um, as I said, guys, how excited are you to fire out some line combos for the first yes. time since the last summer? And they couldn't even answer the question because they were so busy uh, tweeting out uh, Shifley with Connor and Ehlers uh, to get things going. There was an interesting line, um, and I think this is a would be a good foreshadowing for a second line which was, or sorry, for a fourth line, which was David Gustafson in the middle with Dominic Toninato and Sam Gagne. And Sam Gagne was interesting. He was very involved in a lot of the drills. I mean, certainly wasn't a loud player or, you know, kind of think kind of getting used to his new surroundings. Uh, but he stood out at times. And I'm not sure whether he's got the world-class speed that, you know, some of the other guys on the ice had. Uh, but you can certainly see the way he feels, the, the thinks the game. Great vision, made a couple nice passes as well, and um, and I'll say this: the Gus Bus looked good as well. I mean, this is his time. Uh, we thought it was his time last year, Reem, and you know, due to injuries, opportunity, and whatnot, he spent the majority of time either injured or with the Manitoba Moose. Uh, I think this is a crucial camp for David Gustafson and a great opportunity under a new head coach with a clean slate to go in earn that spot on the club. He's certainly done everything that the club and the organization could have asked him at the AHL level. And uh, I know he's got a lot of fans here on this program and in the chat. Yeah, I'll just go over the lines real quick. Connor Shafley, Ehlers, Toninato, Gustafson with Sam Gagne, Jeff Mallott, Henry Nikonen, Christian Reichel, Dan Torgerson, Danny Jilkin, Brad Lambert on defense. They've gone with uh, the veteran young guy combo Morrissey, Kovacevic, Stanley, Gavanka, uh, Sautner, uh, Tyrell Bauer, Declan Chisholm, and Dylan DeMello. I thought we were going to see the, you know, Dylan DeMello-Morrissey pair, but, um, you know, it's day one. It seems like they're trying to get everyone involved. I'm not going to stress over day one defense pairings. Defense pairings. I'm not going to Why is it Morrissey, DeMello <laughs> together? They they should be together. They're a great shutdown pair, but uh, it's day one. It seems like they're just getting in the swing of things here. And yeah, David Gusson, I mean, he's ready to make the jump to NHL regular. The spot is there for him. I mean, he was ready last year. However, injury bug, you know, injury bug got him. I don't know what it was. It was bad luck. It was like first period of each game. He's getting hurt. So uh, hopefully he's done, you know, the the training and figured out, you know, maybe why or it was bad luck. I don't know, but... We'll have to wait and see, and you hope that he can make an impact uh, shorthanded, penalty killing, even strength, and, you know, contribute a little offense, too, because he was having such a great season with the Moose last year. So that that fourth line with Sam, Sam Gagne, very interesting. That's the big offseason addition. Yeah, um, Jeff Malat had a few nice chances as well. And the Young Guns line of Jilkin with Lambert and Torgerson also was quite interesting. I know there's a couple people mentioning in the chat already. Um, two things about Brad Lambert and Remo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ryan Moore, uh, Moyer, who does these stats yeah. for uh, for the games. I swear to God, he and Brad Lambert are separated at birth. I was saying that to the guys. I can't believe how much those two guys look alike. Um, I'm not sure Ryan can skate like Brad Lambert, though. And Lambert was flying today, uh, was intense, I think was very focused on trying to 
follow along and do everything. And and I think everyone was sort of in that in that same boat because, of course, even if you've been around for a number of years with the Winnipeg Jets, this is a, an entirely new group of bosses running the show. Uh, and there were there's plenty of time where the coaches would get the guys around in a circle, explain to them clearly about what they were about to do. Uh, and then we're on the guys pretty good to execute as they wanted. But it was fast. It was up-tempo. As I said, the word pace kept coming to mind when watching what the guys were doing today. And um going to be interesting to hear and see from the guys how group number two looks. And then tomorrow, as we mentioned, uh, getting into a little bit of a scrimmage opportunity and hopefully get there early enough to see the second group and then a little bit of head-to-head before coming back to do Winnipeg Sports Talk and the lock shop. But uh, overall... I think a level of uh, optimism, excitement that you would hope and expect to be there. Still lots of work to be done. And not only will we hear from a number of players today, we'll also hear, and we'll have this for you tomorrow on the program, Jets General Manager Kevin Sheveldayoff, who will be speaking later on today for the first time in a while. And I know there'll be uh, plenty of interesting questions for Chevy as to you know, the makeup of this roster, what he may or may not be looking to do before the beginning of the season and how he handles certainly the glut in the blue line um, and any opportunities to maybe add to the forward group. We'll see what we get out of the general manager a little bit later on. Um, you know, I, I want to get to this. Um, I want to get to these Wheeler clips um, because a lot of the conversations over the course of the last couple of days have been about Blake Wheeler, and we will get to those um, and just how, and obviously he wasn't on the ice today. He will be on the ice this afternoon. I'm not sure whether he'll speak considering he just spoke on Friday about his situation. Uh, but we will hear from some others, but let's get to the why not question of the day right off the hop. Day one of Winnipeg Jets training camp. As we mentioned, the Tower Chuck group early, the Steen group in the afternoon. Hit us up in the chat. Or in the comments, if you are watching after the live broadcast, which Winnipeg Jets player are you keeping an eye on in training camp? Maybe the one that intrigues you the most. Not necessarily the top player, but a guy either that you're looking for a big bounce back season from last season or a younger player looking to make his mark and push for a spot on the team. So the why not question of the day, who are you keeping an eye on at Winnipeg Jet training camp? Let us know in the comments and in the chat. What's your answer to that one, Reem? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, you mentioned him. How about Mark Shifley? I think big year for him. I mean, that's the easy one. You, we all remember the end of the season, um, you know, press conference where he talked about wanting to figure out his future. We know we had a bit of a down year last year. Uh, that is definitely one player. You know, we're looking for him to take a, a bigger role, maybe a bigger leadership role. So Mark Shifley, how about another one? A guy who's looking to bounce back, I'll say this one. And Dave, we got a chatter, Dave says it. Uh, Neil Pionk, I mean, he had such a great year two years ago. I think he was injured last year. You know, didn't seem like himself in terms of uh, point scoring. But he had, uh, I think he had a knee injury and a concussion issue as well, if I recall correctly. Is that right, Huss? Well, yeah, he uh, got, he, the, uh, and, he and got the, the, the knee drop from, from uh, Spezza. Yeah, exactly. In the uh, in the game after uh, after he was they not hit the that same. got him suspended, he was not the same after that. And you know we've talked about how two years ago Morrissey had the down year, and Pionk was you know the number one guy. And last year was Morrissey had the breakout season, and Pionk struggled with injuries. If you can get both those guys going the way you think they can, I think that would be a big boost, big boost to the Jets. So you know maybe I'll go with Pionk rather than 
Shifley as my pick. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, listen, I think those are both great. I'll say this. I think Mark Shifley, and we've sort of been over this the last couple of weeks, basically ever since we heard him speak with Sarah and the attitude that he at least was publicly projecting. Um, that's, I think, what everyone wanted to hear. Everyone hopes will be the case throughout the season. And I think if Mark Shifley's in a great headspace and really truly committed to being as good as he can be and buying into what Rick Bonus is selling, um, there's no doubt about it that on this roster, he will be the, he can be the biggest merchant of change when it comes to what happened last year, as opposed to hopefully a very different result on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets this season. Um, he's that talented, he's that good, and he's that important to the Winnipeg Jets that if they can get the best of, Mark, of number 55, who I don't need to remind any of you has two years left before he's up for a new contract, um, a bounce back season up front from him, absolutely. And I think your point about Neil Pionk is a very good one. Um, he did struggle this year. We've seen how good Neil Pionk can be. That was why he earned the contract that he did with the Winnipeg Jets. And I think uh, a lot will be on his shoulders to turn this around. And we'll see how he looks over the course of the next few days. But uh, uh, lots of optimism. But we did not see Blake Wheeler. We heard from Blake Wheeler on Friday. Um, but Wheeler sat down with our old pal Tim Stapleton and Chris Knuckles Nylon on the Raw Knuckles podcast. And um, this is a very different Blake Wheeler. I mean, Rima, you listen to this. and I mean, folks should go and check out the entire thing. Um, I'm going to be hearing a few of these clips for the first time, but in our conversations off air, let's just say this was, uh, this was not the type of uh, Blake Wheeler who may have heard in the past speaking with the assembled local media or in a sit down, for instance, in a more intimate surrounding with like a Sarah Orleski. Yeah, this was um, a casual conversation between buddies. We've talked to Stapleton before. I know him and Wheeler are friends. Um, you know, Chris now and former players. I mean, they're using using pretty casual language. Uh, I was surprised to see former captain uh, drop a couple F-bombs, S-bombs, um, feel uncomfortable, and being really honest. Um, you know, the interview is about like an hour long. I would recommend checking out uh, Raw Knuckles podcast. Search for it on YouTube or whatever. We tweeted out the link on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter account. All the talk- great content is coming out of podcasts these days, by the yeah, way, folks. He, he talked about, um, you know, just like coming to the NHL, playing in college, going to Minnesota, but then they got to the the Jets stuff. And um, here, you want me to start? I'll play a couple. I don't want to play the whole the whole thing, but here. Well, he started talking about, I mean, everyone asks, like, what's it like playing in Winnipeg? And Knuckles was saying how... You know, a lot of people maybe poo-poo Winnipeg, say, I don't want to play there. But when he played, you know, guys love playing Winnipeg. Name dropped Serge Savard as someone who played in Montreal and then went to Winnipeg, and they asked Wheeler about that. So here is here's that clip. Being the only show in town is, is pretty unique. Like, I've, I've compared it to, like, I played in Coded Buster. Like, both played in Green Bay uh, in the USHL. So you kind of get, like, that almost that Green Bay Packers type of vibe, you know, where – um like the community just rallies around the team, you know, the, the community just loves the hockey team. Right. And um, so it's, it's pretty wild. Like the things you read in the media sometimes from like the Winnipeg media, like you, you feel like a very negative vibe, but everywhere that I've gone um, in town in my 11 years here, even if like we've just shit the bed for weeks straight on end, like we get nothing but love in this town, you know, everywhere we go, no matter how good or bad the game is, like they're just so grateful to have a team back that it's like, you can do no wrong. The people just, 
they're such good people um, and they're so good to us that I think it just it makes it a fun place to play, right? You can go out in town and and not get your, your brains bashed in every day if, if things aren't going well. It's like, you know, hey, great game last night, Blake. And you're like, you like I was awful. <laughs> we were terrible last night. Stop so, lying. Yes, yeah, exactly. So um, that's that's been my experience. So there is a little bit of Blake Wheeler in conversation with Knuckles Nyland and Tim Stapleton on Raw Knuckles on uh, playing in Winnipeg. We've got a couple other interesting clips, and this one, one I think you know, we definitely uh, will be of interest to Winnipeg Jet fans. Wheeler talked about the uh, the difference, or I guess just comparing last year to this upcoming season for he and the club. Like last year was just a just a just a shit year, you know, for so many. I mean, in every way, shape and form. Right. I mean, you know, we lose Paul halfway through the year and, you know, we have, you know, to deal with a coaching change that just kind of is out of nowhere. Um, you know, we go into the year with, I think, high expectations. Like, you know, you, you add guys like Nate Schmidt and, and Brendan Dillon and you look at our roster and you think, wow, that's a, that, that team is built to win now. Right. And, um, so to, to fall short of expectations is tough. It sucks. Um, and that's part of the business, you know, when you don't reach expectations, then, you know, you start looking at, okay, well, how do you make changes? How do you make this better? And, um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've been real fortunate in 11 years here in Winnipeg. Like I haven't had to deal with a whole lot of that, you know, potentially being traded or moved. And, um, so I I think it's just one of those things you take in stride and, you know, wait, see what happens. And, you know, here we are, we're, you know, still in the same spot. And, and I think uh, we're still excited about our team. Like, it's not like, you know, we, we, you know, made a bunch of trades and now we're, we're talking about a rebuild here. I think, uh, you know, I think management is just kind of stayed patient, just, you know, has faith in our group that, uh, you know, last year was kind of an anomaly and, and, you know, there's a lot of lessons, good lessons to be learned from, you know, from failing, from having a bad year, from not reaching expectations and, now it's just a matter of what, what, what do we do with it, right? You know, I think um, what I've seen so far is, I mean, guys have a chip on their shoulder. You know, the talk this summer, um, it's uh, the great thing about our team is that we all get along real well. You know, we got a team that, that likes each other. And we've been talking all summer and, and kind of the vibe is just like, we're not real happy with the way, the way things went. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a real vibe in our room right now that uh, – Hey, you know, say, say what you got to say, because clearly when you meet expectations, that's part of the business, but, um, you know, we're hopefully, you know, looking to turn this thing around this year. All right. There's a little bit more from Blake Wheeler. Now, Scott Billick's about to join us from the Iceplex, uh, but let's get one more clip in here. We'll maybe revisit a couple more of these later on in the program. Here's Wheeler on being hard on himself and then maybe what changed with him when he became captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Like, I think I was always really hard on myself. And I think becoming captain, like, kind of like put it into overdrive. It was like, oh, wow. yeah. you know, like a little I, more pressure, feel it, right? Pressure is like tenfold and, you know, answering the questions every day. Um, and just kind of look like I know my teammates are looking at me to, you know, you, you, you kind of never can be off, right? You can never uh, have your foot off the gas. And so that, like, I take a lot of pride in that, like showing up to work every day and being, you know, trying to be the hardest working guy and set the example that way. Um, and, um, but yeah, I think like when, when a, inevitably when a game doesn't go your way, cause you know, we're 
fucking human beings and things happen out there. Um, inevitably, yeah, there's gonna be you know days and where you're just 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 killing yourself, right? For for having a bad game or having a <laughs> oh, yeah yeah a human moment. Like my biggest fear, like not fear, but like the worst thing that could happen would be like you know play on a Saturday night and then you don't play again until Tuesday and you have a bad game Saturday and it's like I gotta live with this for Sunday Monday, you know, and I don't I don't get a chance for redemption until so. Anyway, those are things as you get older, you start to deal with a little bit differently. But yeah, I think, I think being captain, it definitely, it pushed it for sure. All right. There is Blake Wheeler, the Winnipeg Jets in conversation with former Jet Tim Stapleton and Chris Nyland on the Raw Knuckles podcast. We've got a couple clips that I think we'll get to a little later on today, but shout out to Remus for getting those ready. And we do hope to have Ehlers, Shifley and more, but we'll be talking with a couple of the fellas that were there in just a minute. All right, before we bring in our good friend Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, got to give a big shout out to our newest sponsor, the gang down at Consolidated Supply at 1395 Niaqua Road East. If you are looking for a grass solution that will withstand your pet's waste or grass that won't grow in that shaded area, Consolidated Supply has an artificial grass solution for you. And listen, if you're looking to get your lawn green and lush with irrigation, um, hey, they've been helping golf courses for decades, and they can help you with DIY irrigation solutions. Uh, for turf, real or artificial, give Joe a call at the branch, a longtime listener. And I would suggest popping down. If you were planning on any sort of work on your backyard, you want to put in that dream putting green, you want to get a hot tub installed, what about an outdoor kitchen? Consolidated Supply has some incredible options on that. Spicy and the guys will hook you up with a great deal. Let them know that you heard about them from Winnipeg Sports Talk and check them out and everything that they can do for you at Consolidated Supply online at cte.ca or give them a call at 204-470-3832. Of course, our friends at Vita Health are uh, busy, busy getting into the fall season. And if you want great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you should be heading down and shopping at one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or check them out online at their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. When you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family owned and operated since 1936, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products as well. And hey, with back to school here, stop by any Vita Health store for a great school-friendly snacks and lunch items, as well as great immunity products like vitamin C and D. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. Now, Wallace and Wallace, we all know, has been the fencing experts in Winnipeg for many, many years. What you might not know is that they're also the kings of garage door manufacturers, working with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world, and have incredible options for garage doors. Over 161 styles to choose from. So there's definitely a style that's right for your home. And hey, a new garage door can add up to 4% to the value of your home. Uh, Despite supply chain issues, we can still get a new garage door delivered and installed in less than four weeks before the snow flies. Find out more 
at wallacedoors.com. Give them a call or pop down and visit their showroom over on Lawson Road. And uh, hey, a big cheers to the gang at Aikens Lake finishing up an amazing season, their busiest year ever. Already big plans for next year. If you're thinking about it, an incredible fly-in fishing experience where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. Aikens is the spot, and as great as the fishing is, the people and the hospitality are what separate Aikens Lake from everywhere else. Find out more online at AikensLake.com or hit up our pal Pitt Turen on any of their socials at Aikens Lake. All right, let's get out to the Iceplex and welcome in Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Scotty, great to see you this morning and great to see the Jets back on the ice. Yeah, it's fun to be back, eh? I mean, it's been a long summer, I suppose, right? It's been since April, maybe? April or whatever it was. I know the season ended a little later last year, but um, yeah, just good. It's cold in here. It feels like winter. feels like hockey, um, and it's just kind of good to be back, kind of watching something after talking about it all summer, not knowing what was going on, and, you know, just still kind of curious about a lot of things about how this uh, season's going to kind of roll out for the Jets. Um and I'm just good to be back to kind of see, see all the guys in the media again, just as it is for to see all the guys on the team, for, for, for the guys on the team. I get to kind of everybody's kind of back in the same building doing the same things. But, um, yeah, I can't complain. Happy to be out here. And, uh, uh, yeah, good to kind of get another season uh, off the ground. You mentioned uh, great to see the guys in the media again. I did already have some fun with uh, being beside all of you guys <laughs> as everyone raced to tweet out the lines, our first line rushes of the year. <laughs> Um, But I'll say this, and I think we were chatting about it. The thing that really stood out to me, first of all, just how good Rick Bonus looks for his age, the energy that he has, how involved he was in everything really stood out to me. Uh, But it was also the pace of everything that the Jets were doing. And, you know, they've talked about wanting to be a more aggressive team. And I think there's a lot that goes into that sort of blanket term. Uh, But there was some teaching. There was some installation of what they're looking to do in particular drills. And then once that whistle blew, uh, it was go, go, go for everybody on the ice and finished up with uh, obviously some skating, which often happens on the first day of training camp. I mean, uh, what stood out to you watching that first session this morning of the Howard Chuck group? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that stood out to me, well, the first thing that actually stood out to me was Logan Stanley. It almost looked like he had grown a couple more inches. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just when you're at ice level, and I, you know, we have been sort of in the last few years, but with COVID, we haven't really been there. So you're you're sitting there, kind of behind the glass, just kind of watching him. Like, holy cow, this guy really is as tall as you know he's billed as. But uh, but other than that, no, like Rick Bonus, like uh, other than looking good for his age, skating well, all that stuff, um, he was vocal, uh, and I think that was one of the first things that I noticed from him. Um, as they were doing drills, like if if something wasn't there, he was barking a little bit. He smacked a stick across the boards a couple times, right near where we were standing. Um, um, even as this is just day one, uh, I mean, there's 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 so let's say there's a couple weeks here for this team to kind of learn the system, be introduced to it. And then they're basically being asked in a couple of weeks to basically master it, right? Like, you know, here's what you got to do. This is a system that we're going to play. This is what, what I think, you know, in terms of well, speaking as Rick Bonus, what I think is going to, you know, help this team uh, uh, get to where it wants to be. And, you know, I want these guys to do what they need to do uh, to, to learn it and all that. 
There seemed to be an excitement, though, today kind of about it. A lot of smiles on faces. I'm not sure if that's just, you know, everybody's back and with each other or not. But, um, you know, you're talking to Mark Shifley after talking to Josh Morrissey, Nikolai Ehlers. There seemed to be some excitement just in how this team, um, you know, for the lack of a term, has a new voice, has a new... Uh, new assistant coaches, new guys on the ice to talk hockey with, to, to, to learn from, and that sort of thing. Mark Scheifele was very you know, vocal kind of about this after, after the practice, um, just kind of talking about those things. But, you know, it, there, were, there were several kind of, you know, uh, down-on-one-knee kind of meetings at, the, at, at, at center ice, too, where, you know, Rick Bonus is kind of essentially going through what, this, what he needs from the team. There was more, let's say... Um, theory time than there was not necessarily more than there was practicum in terms of, you know, on the ice doing the drills, but there was more just kind of talking through what needs to be done. You listen again to Mark Shifley, you know, last year he wasn't sure what was going on or some of the team wasn't exactly sure. There was a little bit of confusion and all that. Rick Bonus seems to be the type that's trying to eliminate the confusion. And and this is where we want, we're, we're going off of one day's worth of, Stuff here, even a half a day, because there's guys on the ice right now. The second group, the team steam, uh, the group that's out there right now, going through you know pretty much the exact same thing that the team Howard Chuck kind of went through this morning. Um, but you know you're seeing uh, a, a way different um, style than maybe Paul Maurice would have had in the last what was it eight years or whatever it was. So it's different. I think that's part of the reason why a lot of things the players find it exciting. It's new. It, it's just something different, right? It's it's it. It's it's not familiar to these guys. They're not coming back this year. Kind of sure of what the of the training camp would look like because they had been doing the same kind of not the same training camps, but along the same line. Systems weren't changing that sort of thing. Now everything's different, and this team has to learn to um, pick up the system quite quickly here and and, and go for forth with it into the season. Um, but again, there seems to be a lot of receptiveness to it. A lot of a lot of uh, you know excited excitement about you know potentially what a new system could do with the group that this uh, this team has in, in in the dressing room. Yeah, no, I mean it is a great point. That certainly was clear. I mean there was a lot of teaching and explaining some of the drills that maybe they hadn't been through before, and um, to go out there and execute it. And obviously mm-hmm. it was a neat mix. And I think this is uh, another reason. I think it'll be great for fans as well um, to be able to come in and see the two different groups with, you know, some younger players that are looking to get noticed with some more veteran players that are more established on the team and, and hopefully some real neat inter group competition, never mind competition within the overall club. Now, this will be something we'll pay attention to over the next few days into next week. We'll get into some preseason hockey and I think we'll have more to go on than one session with team Howard Chuck on day number one at training camp. Uh, But of course the other side of it was we got to hear from some of the players and we'll look to have some of those clips later on, but you were there, Scott, just after I had to take off to come back to do the show. Um, You mentioned Morrissey, Shifley and Ehlers spoke. I heard a little bit of Nikolai Ehlers and it was quite interesting to hear him talk about the opportunity for an elevated leadership role. But uh, maybe if you can give us a a quick tidbit of um, just what you garnered from what the guys said and the way they said it, both with the guys that had A's last year. And of course the Blake Wheeler's change in the leadership group, I'm sure was quite a topic. And, uh, and then of course with Nikolai Ehlers, who could be one of those players that, you know, gets an elevated role. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Ehlers was kind of honest about it. I mean, you know, Ehlers kind of plays off that he didn't really talk, think about too much about all of it and that sort of thing. But you got a sense that here's a guy who wants to be uh, just be more a part of whatever the leadership group was. I, I you know, it, it's hard to say where Nick Ehlers was in terms of this team because we're just not in the room. We don't know if he's being listened to or if he's just hasn't had his chance or anything like that. Can speculate all we want about how much you know guys maybe were suppressed or whatever that sort of thing. We don't know it, but it it feels like Nikolai Ehlers was like, okay, there's like a, there's there's a way for me to get to where I want to be as a leader on this team, um, in the room, not necessarily just out on the podium talking to us in the media, but more in the room, um, just you know maybe being maybe just free to say it again. It's hard to speculate on what what that means for Nick Ehlers, and he didn't really kind of expand on it too much today um but i i just i find i find he's probably one of those guys that was kind of in the middle of it all like they were the next group of guys coming up um but you know it was blake wheelers and mark shifley's team and maybe dustin bufflin back um back early on and all that sort of thing so it feels like nick Wheelers, even at the end of last season um he talked really highly about paul stasny um, today too about you know you know losing Paul Stasny in the room a good friend of what he was talking about I, I think Nick Ehlers kind of learned a lot from Paul Stasny in terms of what leadership looks like and how maybe he can take um, certain certain parts of how Paul Stasny may be led and, and apply it to his own kind of leadership style and that sort of thing I think Nikolai Ehlers is just one of those players that's a long in this kind of uh, long line of guys who are, are ready to kind of to kind of take that next step and maybe it may or may not mean wearing an A this season for Nikolai Ehlers. We'll see. We'll figure out what that ends up being. Um, but I think there's just, and I don't know, I, I, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to crap on Blake Wheeler here because I just don't know if that's the way it was. You can kind of maybe read between the lines sometimes. And, and obviously the fact that Blake Wheeler is not a captain after Rick Bonus went and spoke with most of the players and then all of a sudden, Wheeler's not the captain anymore. You wonder what was said in those conversations to kind of lead Rick Bonus to strip the C from Wheeler. Um, but at the same time, I have time, a feeling, I mean, to be honest, you know, Scott, yeah. I, I've got a feeling that many of those yeah. conversations happened before Rick Bonus had even talked to the Winnipeg Jets about having the job. It's possible. I yeah. mean, I, 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 I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this is something that was probably pretty apparent that. I mean, hell, we were yeah. talking about it at the end of last season. I mean, you know, where do they go from here? How do they make those yeah. changes? And, I mean, this wouldn't have been news, I think, to Kevin Sheveldayoff. And we'll find that out. I'm sure he'll speak to that uh, this afternoon when he talks about it. Um, Ehlers is a central figure. How about Shifley? Uh, I mean, I'm very interested yeah. to to know. Um, you know, listen, we, he's, he's spoken publicly. He did those bits down in Vegas with some of the Sportsnet guys. We heard him talk about to, uh, with Sarah. It seemed like he was the Mark Shifley that we remembered for many years, being so excited and into it. But yep. that was a far cry from the end of this season. What did he have to say, and uh, how did he seem? Because I'll tell you what, on the ice, he was locked in, and he looked great. I think Mark Shifley, so I have a bit of a theory on this. I think Mark Shifley feels like he's being heard again. Um, so, you know, we, we can go on about Mark Shifley's game on the ice and not playing very well and all that. Uh, my theory is that Mark Schleifer's had a really tough couple of years. Um, I think it started with a Kajuk injury in the playoffs uh, two years ago in, in the bubble. I think it, it only got worse last season with COVID, with um, the Olympics not going at all for those teams. 
Um, obviously, the Jake Evans hit. Um, there was that before that in, in the playoffs. I, not been, you know, you listen to Mark talk, and he hasn't been able to train the same way. Um, everything was kind of turned on its head for Mark Shifley. It's been not a great couple seasons for the team. I think he would now at this point admit that himself, that he wasn't at his best at times um, as well. I think it's taken him a while to kind of realize that too and maybe just admit it on his own. I think Mark Shifley feels like a new a new player right now. I think Mark Shifley feels that there's a clean slate for everybody because of Rick Bonus here. And I think Mark Shifley believes that he now has this kind of new, not maybe necessarily a voice, but just there, there's more people in this organization now or with the coaching staff that are, that are willing to be as hockey-oriented oriented as, as Mark Shifley is. You hear him, we, you know, you'll play the clips later, but you can hear him talk about having Brad Lauer here and, 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 and obviously Rick Bonus and, and Scott O'Neill. Um, it's just guys that he can sit there and talk. I mean, Mark Shifley said he, he's taking today and he was talking about you know, I got new ideas to think about and, and I'm swimming in these new ideas. I think it was the quote that he has. I think there's a renewed passion in hockey for Mark Shifley. And I almost think he lost it a little bit over the last couple of seasons. Um, it just hasn't gone the way for the team. It hasn't gone the way for him. He's taken his fair share of criticism. I don't know if he's you know necessarily been, you know, was used to that when he was taking it. Um, I think Mark Shifley's just, I don't want to call him a new man. That sounds kind of cheesy and all that. But I think he just has a sense of renewedness in his, in his game, uh, in the way that he's kind of approaching this season. It, it's, it's a different year for this team, um, and it's, it's a clean slate. This is a time where he doesn't have to be, you know, he's not even under the wing of Blake Wheeler anymore, right? I mean, potentially, Mark Shifley could be the next captain of this franchise, depending how, you know, Rick Bonus sees it. Um, so I, I think there's a lot there for Mark Shifley. There, there's not so much. Uh, it, uh, he talked about confusion and that um, in terms of the systems and all that stuff and the direction of this team last season. Um, I, I think all that's kind of clear. The dust has kind of settled on last year. Um, the clouds have kind of gone away a little bit for Mark Shifley. And uh, I think he sees like an actual direction now, a path forward um, under Rick Bonus, but just under, you know, new kind of, a new regime on the bench. Um, it's not, maybe it grew stale. I don't really want to put words in Mark's mouth, but you kind of just listen to him throughout the offseason talking about the way he would talk about certain things. And I think you just get a sense that Mark Shifley is, is um, he's ready to go again. He's ready to kind of tackle this new challenge under a new head coach and, and, and really kind of hit the ground running in this preseason and in this training camp. And it's something that you saw on the ice. You were here. Um, you know, you made mention of it before. Uh, I, there's a genuine, I think, excitement on the face of Mark Shifley right now. And I don't think he's just putting on that as a show because I think you're seeing it in the actions as well. I think he's genuinely excited about where this team is headed. Well, and, and you know, Scott, um, that's good for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, that's good for the organization, as we said before. I mean, no one can be an agent of change more and I think contributed to more of the success of this team than Mark Shifley. And they absolutely, I mean, as long as he is in that role and potentially playing with Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, the way things started today in training camp, um, that's a, that is a big burden, but also a huge opportunity uh, for him to, you know, be that impact player and do all the things that he wants to do individually, but also help his team 
win hockey games. Um, it, it, it's impossible to talk about this in the beginning of training camp and everything that the guys are saying without talking about Blake Wheeler. I mean, we've spent plenty talking about the decision and you've alluded to it already. Um, but my question for you, Scott, is um, where do you think this leaves Blake Wheeler? Yeah. And I mean, I know he's out on the ice right now, and I'm sure we'll hear from him in the next couple of days. It was very interesting hearing his conversation. I don't know if you caught the raw knuckles where he was on with Stapleton and uh, and Chris Nyland. We've just had a couple of clips from that and definitely recommended. Um, how do you see this thing going for Blake, though, um, and uh, handling this new role, but yet it's yeah. still looking at the organizational depth chart being a guy that absolutely is going to be counted on to um, help this team win hockey games in a significant role. I think the way you heard about Blake, so I think this would have taken a while for Blake Wheeler to accept. You know, I think there's an ego as a, an NHL player, as a captain, all those things, as a leader. Uh, you, you, you be t- not many guys are stripped of the sea um, in the NHL, and when they are, very few of them are happy about it. Um, I think that was, you know, when Blake Wheeler said he was surprised and and he was taking some time. You know, you could read between the lines there. I think Blake Wheeler was quite, you know, a little bit upset about it. But I think the more that he's spoken about it, the more than her, and, I, and I, I caught the last little bit of the Rod Knuckles thing. Somebody had sent it to me this morning. Just hadn't gotten around to listen to it yet. But um, I, I think Blake Wheeler is going to find himself, again, sort of in the same vein as Mark Shifley in terms of there's it's a bit of a clean slate now for Blake. He doesn't have to, as he alluded to there, you know, maybe take the game home as much as he used to before. And possibly that could be helpful. Uh, for a guy like Blake Wheeler, who, when he didn't have a good game, you would know it. Um, when he walked into the room after the game, you would know, um, you know, he'd be prickly at times and that sort of thing. Um, you know, this is a guy who really cared and still, I think, does about uh, about winning, about, uh, about you know, this club and the franchise and, and moving it forward. But I think it got to him. Um, and we, we know that it got to him because he, he talked about it quite a bit um, after, I want to say, the 2018-19 season when he sat down, I think it was Sarah Lesky at the time, and just kind of, uh, you know, changing the way that he would, uh, let's say, how, how his captain, how, how he was going to handle, like, younger players and that, that sort of thing. I think there was a lot of burden on Blake Wheeler, um, whether or not, you know, some fans want to say, well, why can't, you know, why can't he, I mean, he's a captain, he should be able to handle that. Well, you know, some guys after over time, especially when you're losing, um, it's hard to deal with that burden uh, of being a captain of a team in a Canadian market who's you know constantly questioned why aren't you guys better? And uh, you know I think at, at Blake's age, um, you know the, in the kind of the in the back nine of his career, I think you know not having that kind of responsibility now could actually be good for his game. It's just you know you can focus on Blake Wheeler on 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 hockey and and maybe not being so. Um, you know, just burdened, you know, encumbered by, encumbered by the by, by the captaincy in this thing and, and hand it off to somebody else who who is kind of willing to take that on. I mean, I think oftentimes Blake would get really defensive and he wouldn't want to, you know, admit at times where things were really at with this team. He doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So um, I still think Blake Weather is going to be starting in the top six of this team. Uh you know, you look at it, uh, you look at the Lions, you kind of just look at the top six. I, I think Blake Wheeler, uh, this might be the best move for Blake Wheeler, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of his late career, is just letting him go out and play hockey every night instead of, 
instead of worrying about everything else. Let the younger guy who's a little more eager to be a captain or wants to be, you know, as Wheeler said, vindicated, doesn't need that vindication anymore, or validation, sorry, uh, of being a captain. Let somebody else do that and just let Blake Wheeler play hockey uh, and, 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 and just focus on that and, and, and just, you know, just be a player again. He doesn't have to worry about leading a Canadian market through, through the good times and the bad anymore. He just has to worry about playing hockey and, 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 and doing that. So I, I think that's where it is for Blake Wheeler. Um, you know, I, I think the more that I, and I listened to the last little bit of that, I, I think that Blake Wheeler just, I think he's come to terms with it now and he's a little more, uh, he's, he, he's past the kind of the, the surprise and the shock and the upset and all that. For sure. and he's just, he's kind of ready to just play and, 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 and deal with the role that now he's been given. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Scott, hey, just before we go, uh, fill people in on uh, what you and the Sun team are going to have throughout training camp uh, in the Winnipeg Sun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all sorts of coverage, right? We got today, Scheifler, or, uh, Kevin Sheffield did speak already, so you can talk about with Mike, uh, who's coming up here. Uh, obviously, he did speak a little bit more in depth on some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously, stuff on on that and some of the battles when, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be on again uh, talking about more of the battles and that sort of thing. I'll be in Edmonton on Sunday uh, for the first preseason game as well. So lots of coverage all over the place here. It's, uh, you know, probably the thing that are. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll look forward to catching up with you when, uh, when you come back from Edmonton, Scott, and uh, always great having you on the program here on Winnipeg sports talk. Make sure you're following Scott and checking out his work in the uh, in the Winnipeg Sun. Great stuff from Scotty. And uh, we'll have Mike coming up in just a minute uh, with more. And that's interesting. I, I thought that uh, Chevy was scheduled to, to uh, speak later on today. Um, so we'll hear what he had to say for Mike. We'll try and have some of that for you as well a little bit later on in the show or for tomorrow. Uh, hey, before we do that, don't forget, why not question of the day in the comments? What player intrigues you the most in this year's Winnipeg Jets training camp? Um, and not Autocorp, our great friends since day one on Winnipeg Sports Talk, is the spot to go before you do anything if you're thinking about a new vehicle or upgrading your current one. Why not get into the car of your dreams at an incredible price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see them at Waverly and McGillivray. Check out the beautiful showroom, all the amazing cars on the lot, and speak with the Not experts about what you are looking for because if it's not there right now, the Not Experts can help you source that perfect make and model for you, get it to Winnipeg, and get you into it at the best possible price. Not Autocorp starts it all. Waverly and McGilvery, and you can check them out online. And the Winnipeg Car Lab, of course, all online at not.ca. Well, new season means new gear. Going to get ready to uh, get suited up for the Jets' home opener in the upcoming season. Head on down to our friends at Royal Sports, the kings of all things sports merchandise with the best in Winnipeg Jets gear, Bomber gear, National Football League, Blue Jays and Major League Baseball, Raptors and NBA, and of course soccer and Canada soccer gear as we get ready for Canada's return to the World Cup. And in addition to the best selection of licensed merchandise anywhere, Royal Sports is also the hockey superstore Millions of dollars in inventory, sticks, skates, all equipment, and including goalie equipment and hockey players helping you get into the perfect pit of, uh, perfect piece of equipment for whatever your needs are to dominate this season. Pop down to Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Insta 
at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, now, I know there was many people that thought that maybe today would be our suit day. I can tell you we are locked and loaded after popping down and visiting our friends at F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at just $400. And uh, we will. You guys came through big time a few times this summer. We've did it, done it once. We'll look even better now because my suit from F is here. Guys, everyone needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. If you haven't done it already, pop down and see Andrew and his great staff. The entire process takes just a few minutes. Tons of options, though, whether it's the material, color, style, cut, fit, get all that taken care of, measure you up, and then in a few weeks, you'll have a beautiful new suit to take you through the entire uh, winter and, of course, holiday season coming up. F Apparel's at 190 Smith Street downtown, and you can check them out or make an appointment online at F. That's E-P-H Apparel. Dot com. President's Cup is underway. We've got a couple Canadians going at it right now. And right now, it does look like uh, what everyone was worrying about. It could be all Team USA. USA up in all five of the matches. But the Canadians, Taylor Pendrith playing with Mito Pereira. Just one down to Tony Fina and Max Homa. And Taylor, uh, I'm sorry, Corey Connors playing with Sung J M going up against the buzzsaw of Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. It's on Golf Channel right now. And, of course, all of our golf reports are courtesy of Breezy Ben. Check them online at breezyben.ca and think about making Breezy your long-term home at one of Winnipeg's top private courses. All right, lots to get to with Mike McIntyre. Let's head back out to the Iceplex and welcome in Mike from the Winnipeg Free Press. You can hear the sounds of training camp in the background, Mike. Hey, it was great to see you this morning and... Uh, Fill us in on what the vibe is like for the second group, the Steen group, after uh, what we saw this morning from the Howard Chuck squad. Yeah, let me know, Huss, if you have any trouble hearing me. I'm sitting inside the rink. Uh, they're about halfway done the afternoon skate, as we saw this morning. Rick Bonus and company uh, keeping these guys on for about 90 minutes or so. A good, a good workout for sure. They're doing some five-on-five -five work right now. Um, and so it's a little loud in here, uh, uh, but we'll try and uh, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to hear me. Interesting day so far, of course, with Kevin Shovel Day off kind of speaking in between the two skate sessions. And uh, the dressing rooms are open again, Huss. I don't know if folks realize, but um, we haven't had access to the Jets locker room since before COVID. Uh, of course... After the NHL came back, we were limited to Zoom interviews for the longest time. Last season, the Jets and a lot of teams kind of shifted away from Zooms, but uh, they were still kind of a bit of a hybrid model where they would bring players into a designated area. They were at the podium. Uh, so it was good to be back in the, in the locker room this morning, uh, and that's going to be the norm. NHL, uh, the NHL has mandated that teams reopen the rooms. Um, for people wondering, well, what difference does it make? I can tell you, it, it adds a little more um, levity. Uh, you know, it, 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 in my opinion, you get better quotes, you get better material that way. You can have sort of, you know, some informal type discussions. It's not as rigid. And uh, I think we saw, you know, we saw that today with the guys we talked to. Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, Connor Hellebuck, and Sam Gagne. So it's good to be back in the room. It's good to be back at the rink. 
Uh, I'd say that there's tons of excitement in the air, but I think it's more nervous trepidation uh, with regards to what the Jets are perhaps uh, in store for this season. But certainly Kevin Chevaldeoff, I think, tried to calm the fears a little bit uh, with his comments about an hour ago. Well, let's get into that because I was sort of expecting that Chevy was speaking after the second group today, but that obviously got moved up. I mean, so much of the story, and we'll get to your thoughts on Blake Wheeler's situation coming in after last Friday's announcement, but um, what what was was Chevy talking about? What does he make of his team? Uh, Of course, the huge question that I still have is how are you going to handle this glut of defensemen on the blue line Um, and the fact that many of the moves that we thought might happen haven't materialized. Um, How's he feeling about his club going into day one? Well, he's certainly bullish on what Rick Bonus and company are going to be able to do. Plus, he called called the addition of Rick Bonus a seismic shift in the organization. That's a big term. And I, I would suggest that's a lot of pressure being laid at the feet of Rick Bonus to essentially... Take what is mostly the same roster, arguably a weaker roster, uh, because they don't have Paul Stasny, they don't have Andrew Kopp, but basically take a similar roster to what Paul Maurice and then Dave Lowry had to work with last year and and do a lot more with it. And certainly Kevin Chevaldeoff is is buying what Rick Bonus and company are selling, that he believes uh, that Rick Bonus is going to be able to get this group to play the kind of way they need to play to be successful. And that, that, um, that he says was the big change. Um, certainly he's not trying to, you know, pull the wool over our eyes and suggest that he, he, uh, he made massive changes to the roster of the personnel. I think he, he believes that there's some young players like Cole Perfetti, who we mentioned by name, um, David Gustafson, who are going to push for bigger roles and, and, you know, make, make this team better because of it, but certainly placing a lot of emphasis on Rick Bonus, his new systems, a new aggressive style of play. And, and one Huss that you know, we're only here in day one, but we're certainly seeing uh, a very aggressive um, Jets uh, team in, in both these skates this morning, this afternoon, a lot of drills designed uh, to put pressure on the puck carriers to try and, and if you don't have the puck to try and get it back, and that is something that certainly a lot of players emphasize, that that's going to be a big part of what the Jets are trying to do, a big part of their identity. Do they have the horses, I guess, is the big question that remains to be answered, to play that way and and play it consistently and successfully. Certainly Kevin Cheveldayoff is high on what Rick Bonus and his staff, what he believes they're going to be able to do with this group. Um, Mike, uh, did he touch on the blue line at all? Um, because I mean, I think that like, listen, I as as bullish as you can be on all of these players, and right. I think there's a lot of NHL capable defensemen within the organization. There's only so many spots on the club. We've talked about the waiver situation with some of these players. Um, how comfortable is he with having all of these defensemen, knowing that there's some young guys probably ready to play and some veteran players that probably you're still going to be in the lineup because um, they deserve to be. Yeah. You know, he had, he had some interesting comments there and which I'll share with you in a moment. I also think it's, it's interesting Haas. I mean, I, I don't put a ton of stock into line line combinations and defense pairs on day one. However, 
the line, the forward lines, I think, are about what we expected they would be. Um, you know, the top six is the six guys we thought it would be. The bottom six is the six guys we thought it would be. Um, you know, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, Dubois, Wheeler, Perfetti. I think we all knew in some form that those six guys were probably going to comprise the top two lines. Then you got Lowry, Appleton, and Harkins. Um, Morgan Barron is hurt. He's not skating today. He might be in that mix as well. Gustafson, Gagne, Toninato. I think throw in Morgan Barron. There's your 13 forwards that you're probably starting the season with. What's really interesting to me is what Rick Bonus has done with the defense pairs. And I don't know what to make of it. Other than perhaps he's, he's trying to get a look at some of these young guys. And I'll give you a few examples. Johnny Kovacevic is skating with Josh Morrissey. Johnny Kovacevic would need waivers to be sent down to the Manitoba Moose. He's a big, um, very capable AHL defenseman who had a terrific season with the Moose. Is there a spot for him in the top six? Probably not. But is there a spot if they keep eight defensemen so they don't have to risk losing him for nothing? Interesting that he's paired with Josh Morrissey right off the hop. Dylan Samberg, a guy that I think we expect to be battling for a top six job, is with Nate Schmidt. Billy Hainala is with Brendan Dillon. And isn't that an interesting first day pairing? Neil Pionk, who, I mean, Neil Pionk is obviously in your top six, your top four, but he's with a Capobianco, a, a, a guy that is going to be a depth defenseman on the moose. Declan Chisholm, Another very young, good defenseman is with Dylan DeMello. So I see this. He's doing the opposite on the blue line, Huss, is what he's doing up front. Up front seems pretty set. The blue line seems like he wants to see some young guys with some established guys. And I suspect this, you know, what we're seeing today is probably going to play out in a preseason game or two. And, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff, I, I did ask him about the defense issue and having possibly too many guys on one-way deals, and, and is that a problem? And Kevin Shevelayoff touched on something you and I talked about, I think, last week, was how quickly things can change in the NHL. And he, he basically alluded to what you see today could change very quickly, either through injuries on his own blue line, or he brought up other teams already having injuries pop up on day one of camp and what they maybe thought was a position of strength now being a position of weakness. And so in a nutshell, Kevin Shevelayoff seemed to say, you know, just hold on a bit. We don't need to make these decisions today, but we may be in a position of strength here um, that we may be able to capitalize on before training camp is done and before we have to set our roster. So uh, what you see today isn't necessarily what you're going to get in a couple of weeks from now. Uh, and Kevin Chevalier basically conceded that it's that much. Hey, shout out to everyone in chat. By the way, folks, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, make sure you do hit that red subscribe button. And uh, for new Jet fans that have just found us, welcome to the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew. We're live every day, 1 o'clock Central, streaming Monday to Friday with the podcast in your inbox just after 3 p.m. in time for your drive home. And, oh, I see DQ Nick's here. Just left training camp. 
Nick, I wish I'd known that. I would have gotten you to, to grab me a stack burger before I ripped back to uh, to do this. Mike McIntyre's though with us at the Iceplex, and um, Mike. There's been so much talk about Blake Wheeler. Uh, I know you were in Minneapolis when um, the news came down on Friday. Yeah. First off, what are you seeing from the captain right now? How is he looking? And uh, then maybe get into your thoughts on the announcement from Rick Bonus last week and what this means for the Jets going into training camp in the upcoming season. Well, I just mentioned, of course, the line that he's starting camp on, and that's with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Cole Perfetti. And, you know, I wondered, Huss, coming into today, and we were talking about this this morning at the rink, whether the demotion of Blake Wheeler from being captain might also come with a demotion in terms of, you know, his usage. And I honestly wondered if we might see, for example, Blake Wheeler on a line with an Adam Lowry. You know, maybe Rick Bonus wanted to try something a little different get a guy like Mason Appleton into the top six or Morgan Barron, who's hurt and not skating today. Um, but I think what we're seeing is certainly Blake Wheeler and where they plan to at least start him uh, here in the preseason is that they still view him as a very valuable, potentially valuable offensive player who's going to get an opportunity to play with other good offensive players. Certainly in the room, I mean, Josh Morrissey spoke of the, the shock. He called it a shocking decision uh, when he heard that Blake Wheeler was being stripped of the captaincy. You know, Huss, this is a different situation than what we've seen in other NHL markets over the years. You know, when when Dustin Brown lost the C in Los Angeles, there was a captain in Anze Kopitar in waiting, right? Um, you know, same thing in San Jose. Uh, typically, when you strip the captain that you have, it's to put the C on another player. That isn't happening here, at least not right away. There is no captain. And it's hard not to see that as almost a punitive measure against Blake Wheeler. Um, but, you know, I think certainly the players that spoke today and, and we heard from Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey, who are retaining their A's, they are remaining part of the leadership group. Uh, they spoke of, you know, this being an emotional time for everyone, but they... Uh, they applauded Blake Wheeler for how he's handled it publicly and privately. And of course, we don't see the private part, uh, but certainly what Blake Wheeler said last week and what I think we're seeing on the ice today, you know, he's he's a guy who comes to camp in great shape, who goes 100% on every drill he does. I don't expect that to change. <clears throat> if people thought we were going to see Blake Wheeler, you know, hanging his head in the corner here today, sulking, uh, they're mistaken. I mean, Blake Wheeler is very engaged out here. And, um, you know, I expect that we're going to see uh, uh, maybe in a way Blake Wheeler that has a bit of a burden, a bit of a weight lifted off his shoulders. Uh, and, you know, maybe that ultimately benefits both Blake Wheeler and the Jets organization as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I certainly hope that that is the case. I think there's a very good potential that this could be, you know, a lot of ways very liberating. And, you know, I think Blake, who has borne much of the brunt from fans and the like as the captain of a team that's sort of disappointed and gone in the wrong direction the last couple of years, um, I think cannot only be freed from some of that pressure and some of that burden, which he did admit to it on Friday, um, but also I think in a lot of ways be be an agent of change himself and show some real leadership through humility in this situation. Um 
because as much as you speculate that maybe Blake Wheeler would be on the third line, listen, until you have a guy that's better than Blake Wheeler to put him in that spot, which in my opinion, the Jets do not have, that's not happening. So, um, you know, freeing him of up out some of that burden, allowing some other guys to rise up uh, into that leadership group was overdue. I think most of us would agree with that. And now Rick Bonus is doing it. Nikolai Ehlers spoke earlier today, and I know a lot of the comments has been, you know, guys supporting Blake and everything that he's done for the organization. Nick also talked, though, about being ready for this opportunity. He's been a guy that, you know, certainly showed, I thought, in my opinion, a ton of leadership last year when things were tough. Um, and, you know, he, uh, well, you were there, Mike. I mean, what did you hear from Nikolai Ehlers in terms of what this decision means for a core player like him coming into this season? Well, we saw it at various times last season, Huss, when the going got tough. Nikolai Ehlers, time and time again, was there to answer the bell and he doesn't wear a letter at least not yet um but you know he stood in there and almost comically at times you know would blame himself for things that weren't yeah. going right with the with the jets and to me i mean he oozes leadership qualities whether or not he becomes you know an official part of the group or not and there are certainly some openings now obviously with what's happened with Blake Wheeler but I, I think we, we've seen Nikolai Ehlers game mature on the ice and we've seen Nikolai Ehlers you know, the, the individual the, the person mature before eyes and you know he said today he kind of joked that he's you know he's old now he's 26 uh, but he said I'm not young anymore and you know, this is a guy who obviously started his career at a young age um, but I get the sense that Nikolai Ehlers, like he is ready to take on an even bigger role and there's nothing stopping him. And even if it was more symbolic than anything, that there was a symbolic ceiling, if you will, because of Blake Wheeler's presence, like that's gone. And I do wonder as liberating as it might be for a Blake Wheeler to now kind of not have some of the, burden those responsibilities on his shoulder you wonder if some young or as Nikola Ehlers says not so young but guys like him core players if if it's almost liberating for them as well that they feel like they have more say they have more sway in the room on the ice and and you know I get the sense that Nikola Ehlers um, is is relishing the opportunity to lead this team in many ways on the ice off the ice and that's just part of the evolution that we've seen from from this player. And that's great news for the Jets because Nikolai Ehlers, like when he's on, when he's dialed in, uh, there are few in the league like him. And the Jets need Nikolai Ehlers to be at his absolute best. Well, and, and speaking of that, um, you know, I mean, again, we were chucking around all sorts of options for how the top six would look. Um if that is the line that Rick Bonus has thrown over the boards first with Mark Shifley in between Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers, certainly offensively, that's right up there with some of the best lines in the National Hockey League right now. And um, I like I like putting Perfetti with Dubois and Wheeler. I think that makes a lot of sense. JP Vijay mentioned, I believe it was yesterday on the program, that you know setting it up that way for a smaller or less inexperienced or more inexperienced player like Perfetti 
maybe puts him him into a situation where there's still going to be a ton of pressure on Cole going into this season. I mean, if he is a guy that's expected to, as a rookie, flourish on a second line and contribute, I mean, that's no small task as you break into the National Hockey League and establish yourself, Mike. Um, But I think, you know, having that veteran, the rookie, and a player in the middle like Dubois makes a lot of sense. But as far as Mark Shifley goes, I mean, it was pretty fun watching he, Kyle Connor, and Nikolai Ehlers whiz around today. And I'll say this, and maybe you can comment on it. I mean, I thought Mark Shifley, listen, all eyes are going to be on him when the puck drops in the regular season. He said all the right things so far. Um, He said some interesting things that I think over the course of the last little bit caught us a little bit off guard that maybe some interpreted as throwing a little shade at former head coach Paul Maurice. Um, But the bottom line is, Mike, he certainly seems to be invigorated, excited, and buying in. And I'll tell you what, if you got that from all three of those players, that could be a line that um, brings the fans out of their seats on a regular basis down at Canada Life Centre. Yeah, and I mean, Mark Shifley, like, we see him on the ice, of course, in his equipment, in his gear, and even in the dressing room. He's still usually got, you know, a lot of it on. I'll go back to the Manitoba Open a few weeks ago, us when when Mark Shifley was playing on the sponsors exemption and spoke to us. Like Mark Shifley is absolutely shredded. He is <laughs> he is in. He's not lying when he says he's in the best shape of his life. Like. Uh, He's talked about being on a new training program this summer. Uh, We should all uh, be on the training program Mark Shifley is. He is in terrific shape. And the other thing about Mark Shifley that, you know, I almost forgot, Huss, until I saw him, like, in a golf shirt at at the Manitoba Open. He is a big, big man. And to me, that was really illustrated. I I don't know if you knew this, but Adam Brooks brief former Winnipeg Jet. He was his caddy at the Manitoba Open. Now, granted, Adam Brooks is not a big man, but the the difference in size to see Mark Shifley and Adam Brooks standing side by side, <clears throat> as, as Kenny Weeb said this morning while we were standing watching Mark Shifley, we maybe forget that Mark Shifley, how big and strong he is because he's played much of his career with Blake Wheeler, who is another very large man, right? 6'5", 230, whatever he is. But Mark Shifley is a big, strong player and gotten himself in great shape, saying all the right things. He's now got, you know, the two best wingers in the Jets organization are on his left and his right. Um, It certainly sets up for Mark Shifley to hit the ground running. And Huss, what a difference that would be from a year ago when Mark Shifley, of course, didn't hit the ground at all. He was grounded uh, when the season started. And then, of course, he came back after finishing his suspension. He gets COVID, and the whole season kind of went south from there. So getting Mark Shifley pointed in the right direction and, and going right off the hop seems to be a priority. And if you're the Jets and Rick Bonus, it's probably a, a pretty smart uh, plan to try and get Shifley on board. It's hilarious that you mentioned the golf because I did head out there after the show and watch some of it and actually caught him after he birdied eight and nine, was on a little bit of a right. heater finishing his opening nine and then teed off on uh, teed off on 10. I just sent this picture to Remus, but what you said, I, I, it, I was taken aback sitting on that tee box. Adam Brooks, to be honest, 
I mean, you, I wouldn't have been able to tell him from an 18-year-old kid from Rossmere yeah. that it showed up to, to caddy for, uh, for a day. And you're exactly right. Mark Shifley did look like he was um, ripped, roaring, and ready to go. And uh, it was a pretty interesting comparison between the two. I was saying to someone at the golf tournament, if you didn't know anything about hockey and you tried to tell someone, see those two guys standing there? They play the same sport and the same position. You wouldn't have believed it. I mean, they're both centermen in the National Hockey League. Granted, one has had a lot more success than the other. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, there's the picture. Yeah, that, And, I mean, uh, the picture shows the size to a degree. But when you see it kind of in front of you, yeah, he Mark Shifley, you know, he's he's done a lot of work. And we've talked about this, Huss. Like, this is a guy, uh, he no doubt just saw the contract Nate McKinnon just signed. Now, Mark Shifley in two years is not getting a Nate McKinnon know, 12 plus million eight year deal. But Mark Shifley will be 31 and no doubt he'll believe that there's still lots of really good hockey left in his tank. Uh, he wants to get paid. And you know what? The best way to for Mark Shifley to, uh, to get those extra zeros on his next check is to go out and have a hell of a season this year and next for the Winnipeg Jets. And the rest will kind of sort itself out uh, you know, and, and Kevin Chevalier, by the way, was asked about that. The fact that you've got so many key players, Shifley, Dubois, Alibuck, they're all UFAs in two years. Kevin Chevalier said, look, this business, things change quickly. We're worried about the Winnipeg Jets today, the here and now. We'll worry about all that later on down the road. Got a little bit of Mike O'Shea. We're looking to go 1-0 and in Edmonton right. on Sunday night in the preseason <laughs> opener of the NHL. Uh, Mike McIntyre is with us uh, here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Make sure to catch uh, all of his coverage on Winnipeg Jets training camp along with the Winnipeg Free Press team in the Freep and, of course, at winnipegfreepress.com. Mike, uh, did I hear correctly? Connor Hellebuck actually spoke after the morning uh, the morning run. Uh, Hellebuck was an interesting, interesting uh, watch this morning. Um, yeah. And he was in. He was sort of vocal. He uh, was victimized by one Logan Stanley on the move of the morning <laughs> at one time. I mean that that <laughs> that would have brought the fans out of their seats. And uh, he banged his stick a little bit after that. But um, this is one guy that we haven't heard very much from. He's so important from the club. I mean, uh, what have you thought? Of, what do you think of Hellebuck's predicament coming into this season? And uh, how did he sound after his first practice under the new leadership of head coach Rick Bonus? So Connor Hellebuck admitted last year took a heavy toll on him and specifically how the season ended, the Jets not in the playoffs, the frustration of everything. He said that he needed kind of a mental reset, a refresh, uh, and he says he has that, that he's accomplished that. Um, you know, and, and I think we saw an upbeat Connor Hellebuck. I'll tell you this, Huss. There were times during practice last year, the frustration with Connor Hellebuck and just how everything was going, it was palpable. I don't know what – I lost track at how many stick smashes there were last season, like over the crossbar. Uh, but it became a thing with Connor Hellebuck. Like, uh, it, there was there was uh, a yard sale at times on the ice because he, he was a frustrated individual. And at times, I mean, we'd see him post-game, like he seemed like a guy that was just lost to explain what was happening around him. Um, 
you know, he, he spoke today about how happy he was for Eric Comrie to get the chance that he's going to get in Buffalo this year, where Eric Comrie potentially could, you know, stake out a number one job. That wasn't obviously going to happen here in Winnipeg. Um, he says his mind is clear. Um, you know, he believes in this group. He talked about chip on the shoulder. He said he's not putting any expectations. He had a really interesting comment. He said, in my experience, expectations are what kill teams. You come in with expectations of great things and it's hard to live up to. It's a mental grind, almost as if he feels the Jets and maybe himself to a degree kind of got buried under the expectations last year. Well, the good news, Huss, the expectations are not nearly as high, at least externally, for this group. And I get the sense, and Connor Hellebuck, um, you know, he would lead the charge here. There's a little bit of, we're going to show them, and, and I'm going to show them, you know, to, to, to what he's saying, and perhaps we'll see it in how he plays. Now, that could all go south, you know, a few losses, uh, and at the end of the day, it's just words, right? But um, I do get the sense that this is a Connor Hellebuck who is relishing the clean slate, the fresh start, almost as much as anybody in the organization. Yeah, and it's very funny you said that about expectations because, I mean, I think you could definitely allude that being true last year somewhat with the expectations but I would say the most glaring, glaring example of that was the 2019 season. Yeah. Because you come out of a run to the conference finals and you have as talented a team as they had and have the first half of the season that they have, Mike. Right. And, right. you know, and it almost it seemed like for the team, but also the fan base and everyone around the team was like, all right, we know these guys are good. Let's see what happens when we get to the second and third. Like You don't just start back up where you left off the year before. And I thought that that was a big part of, you know, maybe the downslide that happened in 2019. And, you know, it certainly goes back to, you know, many conversations as to maybe getting a Rick Bonus type in here was long overdue. The fact right. of the matter is none of that matters right now, and it's time to move on. Um, overall, and I know you're watching it right now, I mean, it really, the, the pace the pace yeah. of this morning's practice we talked about while we were there really did stand out. I mean, is it essentially the same sort of thing they're doing with both groups right now, similar yeah. drills? And yeah. I guess we'll hear from Rick on what he's trying to accomplish each and every day because there was quite a bit of teaching. As much as there was a heavy pace and you wanted the guys to be going quickly and lots of skating, um, there is an element of teaching going on right now with the first official practice with bonus there. And certainly Scott O'Neill and Brad Lauer were very involved as well. Yeah, and don't discount, you know, their roles as well. Certainly Scott Arneal is is a guy that has been around he's been around superstars, right? Uh, by the life. way, by the way, Arnie does not look as much as I can't oh. believe Rick Bonus's alleged birth certificate, Arnie doesn't look like he has aged a day since he was here running with the run of the Manitoba Moose. I would argue he's actually aging in reverse. I, looks, I agree. Yeah, he looks like he's getting younger for sure. And Rick Bonus, I mean, he's he's got the he's got the locks flowing out there, like, um, and it's interesting, you know. There, he's very vocal. Uh, Rick Bonus has made a point, and I'm I'm watching it right now. Like, he's made the rounds. He's had one-on-one -on -one chats. He's had, you know, chatted with a line, a D pair, and then and then there's been several times where he's called the whole group together. Um, 
So there is a lot of teaching for sure. And we're only seeing the on ice. There's certainly a lot of video, a lot of off ice uh, instruction to this as well. I don't think the Jets, they're not going to have 90 minute skates every day, um, but certainly on day one. And, and they're just the afternoon group here. Uh, they're just finishing up now. Uh, so they're close to 90 minutes again. They came on at, at 1 p.m. and we're almost 2.30 here as we do this live. So, um, you know, a lot of pace for sure, uh, a lot of instruction, and I think that's that's the plan. And we'll hear a little more. Rick Bonus is going to be speaking shortly about his vision for this camp. One thing I did notice, Huss, that I'll be interested to ask him about, on the, the training camp schedule, um, a week from... Tomorrow, so eight days from now, like the two groups are pretty much cut down to one group. And I do wonder if Rick Bonus plans to get very close to his opening night roster a little quicker than maybe what we've seen. And again, that may be part of the, the teaching element, the bonding element um, that this team wants to do very quickly. And, you know, I could see a situation where if guys aren't, you know, really in the running to make the team, they're going to be sent back, whether it's junior or the moose or whatever, a little quicker than in years past, because Rick bonus really wants to focus on the guys that are either going to be here, start the year or, you know, the first couple recalls kind of thing. And so whether we'll, we'll ask him about that, but I did notice that geez, they cut down to one group a little quicker than I've seen in the past. And I suspect there's a reason for that. Mike, you've been around uh, pretty much all the training camps since uh, Maurice took over. Um, how different is this uh, from what you recall year after year with Maurice? I mean, certainly the first thing that stood out was the way that he kind of split the groups evenly and you don't have essentially the the old A group and B group. Um, but what else stands out to you, I mean, about how things are being run right now and how different they are to what you remember for uh, the last number of training camps for the Jets? Well, even last year, Huss, like the Jets, last year for camp, they had all the players on the ice at the same time. And that meant that the coach, like Paul Maurice, wasn't on the ice with every player. He had to almost pick and choose which group. There was a divide and conquer mentality, I think, to it. Obviously, Rick Bonus being new and the whole staff being new, I think they want, they want to be as hands-on as possible they want to see as much up close as possible and i suspect part of that with paul maurice and his staff there was a comfort there and sometimes being comfortable that's not a great thing right so i get the sense nobody's comfortable at this camp and nobody should be comfortable they're coming off a very disappointing year there is change in the air yes the roster itself may not have undergone undergone a, an extreme makeover but I don't think anybody's taking any job for granted, any ice time for granted, and they shouldn't be. Guys should be on their toes. And going back to what we already talked about, stripping Blake Wheeler of the captaincy just days before camp started, that sent a hell of a message to the entire room. And it's a message that I suspect, um, I mean, Rick Bonus, he's not out here berating guys. Rick Bonus is a very nice man. But Rick bonus means business. And I think that is has been clear kind of from 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 the get go. Yeah, I was uh, I was really impressed with the energy that he was bringing. And I mean, as I said, for, a, you know, for a guy that we remember 
having this gig back in the 80s with the Winnipeg Jets. It is pretty incredible what he's bringing to the table right now and, um, you know, the energy that he's bringing right now to his first training camp uh, as Jets 2.0 head coach. Mike McIntyre's with us. Mike, uh, you're going to be talking with players this afternoon. Do you expect to hear from Blake? And and regardless of whether it's today or whether it's, uh, you know, next week, um, what do you expect to hear from Blake now that the toughest conversations already in the rearview mirror and now it's time to get down to work and albeit a different leadership role, but still a very important member of the club? Well, yeah, I mean, just because he's not wearing a C on his sweater, I, I don't expect we're going to hear much change from Blake Wheeler. I, I mean, we didn't hear from Blake Wheeler a whole lot last year as captain. I wrote about this in my column last week, Huss, like, Part of that was by his design. He didn't want to talk as much as he had in the past. But we in the media, we also didn't request Blake Wheeler as much as we had in the past. And a big part of that is because he, when he did talk, it tended to be uh, a bit of an exercise in futility. At least it felt that way at times. You know, the frustration was evident. Um, it was often combative. And, and it wasn't very fruitful or productive. I think maybe we'll get a little more engaged Blake Wheeler um, because he doesn't have that authority that he speak. He can just be one of the guys on the hockey team. And so maybe we see a little more relaxed Blake Wheeler. And I know he's done a couple one-on-ones with, with the networks already earlier this week. And from what I've heard, certainly they've seen a Blake Wheeler that has let his guard down a little bit more than he has in the past. Have you have you listened to the uh, the the his uh, stop in with our old pal Tim Stapleton and Chris Nyland on Raw Knuckles? Yeah, so I I had someone sent it to me today. I haven't had a chance yet to listen to it, but I've heard it's very interesting. It, it, it is, and it's a very different Blake Wheeler than you yeah. would get in. Uh, well, basically talking with any member of the mainstream media. I mean, yes. uh, very less guarded. I mean, very more candid. Um, and it's definitely, we've got a couple more clips, which we'll probably get to a little bit later on. But, uh, you know, we love the wrestling. We love the wrestling references, uh, Mike. Yeah. And absolutely. I have to think that Wheeler over the last, fairly or unfairly, partly because of the atmosphere, the losing, the burden as the captain, um, you know, was sort of in the role, certainly of a large portion of the fan base is a bit of the heel uh, of the club. And he played that role well with you guys quite often when, uh, when you meet in the media, um, uh, there certainly is a path for this to be a, a face turn, if you will, for Blake Wheeler. And <laughs> I, I, and I, and I say this with all, with all seriousness, um, if Blake can handle this with, and I think he certainly so far has done that certainly publicly, with an element of uh, humility, and and listen, I think these guys all know how driven he is, what he's done for this franchise for eleven years, and the role and the position that he has been in for the last couple of years, and how difficult this would have been, and what a shot to you know uh, you know to the pride of a guy that sure. took so much pride in being a captain. I, I really do think that the Blake Wheeler can do so much for his legacy as one of the greatest Jets of all time um, by handling this in a very professional and positive manner. Um, because at the end of the day, this team needs him to be the best version of himself on the ice. And if they can get that out of Blake and at the same time 
allow some of these younger players that may have been somewhat in the shadows to take that role. It's a great thing for the Jets, but I think it'll be it could be remembered for a long time um, as almost defining Blake Wheeler and everything that he's done for this team. Uh, because listen, the public, uh, you know, the public feeling I think on the team. He bore a lot of that brunt last year, and yeah. if things can go differently and, you know, with a different kind of feeling around the club, I really do think that um, the legacy of Blake Wheeler could be very positively affected by everything that's happened going into this season. Well, Kevin Shoveldayoff predicted that Blake Wheeler is going to have one of his best seasons yet, and that's, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler's had a lot of great seasons. He's a point-of-game player for many years. And so that was an interesting uh, comment from Kevin Shoveldayoff. Look, say whatever you will about Blake Wheeler, Huss. There is nobody that wants to win more than Blake Wheeler. And there's nobody, I've certainly not met anybody around the Jets organization. And I'll expand that and say, I don't know that I've ever met a professional athlete who hates losing more than Blake Wheeler and who wears a loss like Blake Wheeler personally. Um, so at the end of the day, all Blake Wheeler wants to do, and he doesn't have much time left in his career, all Blake Wheeler wants to do is win hockey games. And I think that's what that's what motivates him now. It's not money. It's it's not a letter on his sweater. It's it's trying to win. And I, you know, if if this helps Blake Wheeler help both himself and the team as a whole then I think we'll look back and say, you know, it was a great move. But time will tell. The last thing the Jets need is a distraction. Uh, and, you know, obviously it'll be a situation worth keeping an eye on here. Uh, but certainly from what everybody's saying and how everybody's looking, the early returns at least are pretty promising. Mike, great stuff. Thanks so much. We'll look forward to all your reporting in the Winnipeg Free Press and uh, catch you at the rink the next couple of days as well. Now that we're back in business, have a great one. And thanks for doing this. Bring it, bring a toque next time. It's cold down here, Huss. It's cold. I was there. I I handled I it not too badly. I yeah. did laugh though walking in, and the first thing I saw was Weber with a nice heritage classic. Heritage. That, that was a heavy duty toque that uh, he had on for it the majority just... of it. But he did just get a haircut, so he doesn't have all that long flowing locks to keep him warm anymore. So, uh, but again, just because he just had a haircut. Have a right. good one. We'll talk Thanks, to you Josh. soon. You All right, on. There's Mike McIntyre. Um, so it sounds like we're going to have a little bit of Shifley and Ehlers for you, uh, but we are going to take a quick turn away from the Jets. Andy Mack's going to jump on. We're going to get ready for this Thursday nighter between the Browns and Steelers coming up tonight. Uh, and then we'll have a little bit more on the Jets and the Cool Bet lines before we finish up the program. Before we do that, though, a big shout out to our friends at Princess Auto and a big good luck to the Reed Carruthers Rink and Jen Jones in uh, this points bet shootout that's going on right now out in Fredericton. I can never remember, and it's a wild format for this tournament. Um, one and done. Losing, you're out. Single elimination. Uh, but a lot on the line right now. Great win for Jen's team uh, for a stop. Reed Carruthers on the uh, ice a little later on today. So good luck to our Princess Auto teams. And don't forget to get to the Princess Auto tailgate zone early before next week's Bomber game if you're heading out to IG Field. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Team Jones, Team Carruthers, 
and the bombers and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at princess auto they got two Winnipeg locations panet road portage avenue west and you can always shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com uh, the, our friends at Culligan Water have been the water experts as a family-owned business in Manitoba, serving our community for over 65 years with everything you, your family, and your business will need when it comes to water. Softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Whatever your water needs are, Culligan's got you covered Give the Culligan Man a call at 694-5180. Pop by and see him at 1200 Sergeant Avenue or check him out online for all their products and services over at drinkculligan.com. Uh, speaking of that bomber game next week, another great opportunity if you have been negligent in trying the drink of the summer, which now may be the drink of the fall at bomber games, the new Canadian club and ginger ale ready to drink, pre-mixed for you in cans and available in six packs, not just at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart, but at your local beer store as well. Uh, save the time to mix it. Save the time to buy all the ingredients. Canadian Club and Ginger Ale ready for you in six packs right now. And of course, you can also get the great taste of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club at IG Field is the official sponsor of the Bombers and available throughout Manitoba at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And uh, as we get into Andy Mack, we got a big game tonight. Browns and Steelers Thursday night football. And you can watch every NFL game on the big screens at Boston Pizza. Enjoy delicious BP flights and ice cold by draft on special for five bucks every game. Spin the BP prize wheel for great prizes and enter to win one for one of two grand prize trips for two to an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. First trip will be November 11th to 13th, Raiders Colts and the Knights and Blues on Saturday night. And the second trip is New Year's Eve weekend, Raiders Niners, plus the Knights and Preds on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbeck, Morden, and Portage, Boston Pizza location. I think I'll be posting up at my local BP tonight for this game. Well, let's talk about it before we get back to some Jets audio from today with my guy. <clears throat> Durham College Outstanding Alumni Award winner, Andy McNamara. Andy Mac, what's going on? How are Us. you? Congratulations on that award of distinction. Thank you. Th you know, I think I should have something, maybe carry around the plaque like Owen Hart used to do at the Slammies, you know, <laughs> just carry it everywhere. Demand that I be acknowledged at all times with a, you know, new title, make speech. They're lucky, Huss, they did not give me a live mic because I would have gone full heel turn. I would have said, I'd like to thank myself and nobody else. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, the Owen Hart, that was a... Uh, 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 Old-time warm-up listeners will remember Step Daddy J, the winner of our first pierogi eating contest. Step Daddy oh. J basically rolled around with his pierogi eating title for the better part of the next Amazing. three or four years. So it's really what happened. Oh, there's the photo right there. There it is. Andy, the uh, dis alumni of distinction award. That's right. Wear um, around my neck. 
like a, like a, a, have, have the necklace there at all times. Just be a real jerk about it. That's the only way you can do it, Hus. You can be humble or you can be fun, right? <laughs> Let's get to this game tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, where's the Browns nation after choking to the New York Jets last week? I mean, listen, came up with the huge win, the 57-yarder on the road against Baker in week one, and then inexplicably gave that one away. Um, I think the Jets were 125-1 to one to win the game with two minutes left. And yet, here the Browns are one and one going in to take the Steelers. Absolutely ridiculous, a debacle. Uh, really, that's it. It's a complete debacle, complete lapse. Something like uh, two thousand two hundred something games prior with that type of scoring situation, you'd win. Only the Browns can make the wrong type of history. Browns Nation is pissed, myself included. That's that's a game you cannot let get away because you have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and Deshaun Watson is on an 11-game suspension. You need to win that game. And that makes winning this game in Cleveland against Pittsburgh even more important. There's no T.J. Watt on that side. Mitch Trubisky and Matt Canada calling those plays really bad. It's a non-excusable must-win game for the Browns, especially after that. They say miscommunication. It's just a complete disaster. So um, Browns Nation is upset. They're nervous. And yeah, I think uh, I saw from the Boston pizza commercial earlier, Haas, I might have to get a couple bevies myself to get through this one tonight. Yeah, well, I know you're a whiskey guy, but um, you might need to stack a whole whack load up depending on what yeah. happens. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, the total in this game is only 38. Um, they're not expecting. And then I look at the Browns two games so far this year against very mediocre to poor teams. Um, and there's been a ton of points. Um, to me, from a Brown standpoint, and I'm going to get to this on our lock shop a little later on today, um, as long as Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, this offense is going to run through the running game, and in particular, Nick Chubb, who um, had a big, big game in week one, had only had 17 carries for, what, 87 yards in the last game. Um, but overall, he has looked very, very good. Are, do you think he this sets up for a big Chubb game tonight? for fantasy players and those that want to maybe sprinkle on the over 84 and a half yards on the ground. Yeah. I, I was actually looking at those prop plays earlier. The 84 and a half, I would smash us. Uh, now here's the thing though. Of course, Pittsburgh knows that's coming and they stop it. Well, the other teams knew they were coming too. And uh, Nick Chubb was still able to run wild. And I think, especially with it's supposed to be a bit windy today in Cleveland, it's supposed to be cool and windy. They're going to have to, and should be, leaning on Nick Chubb. I got him in my DraftKings contest here, Hus, the uh, showdown contest where it's the head-to-head the -head in the prime spot where you get one and a half times the fantasy points for one and a half times the salary cap cost. I pop Nick Chubb right in there. It's going to cost you 24 grand, almost half, half of your 50K salary cap. But when you look after Nick Chubb, the quality of fantasy weapons drop dramatically. So I think he's worth every penny and you better be leaning on a Chubb-Hunt combo. I would be putting... I wouldn't be afraid to put Kareem Hunt in a flex spot either. Uh, where's the Browns' defense at, though, right now? Um, because as I said, I mean, we all know how gate week two ended. Um, and week one was close to ending the same way with a big second-half flurry by uh, your boy Baker. Yeah, yeah. Miscommunication has been the word of the week, the last two weeks, really. They had a play, a defense-only meeting, so players-only meeting earlier in the week. Uh, there was a little bit of finger-pointing before that. Seems like they got sorted. Really, it just seems to us that the team got up and they got sloppy, lazy, 
weren't paying attention for two games in a row. Completely unacceptable. You're in no position if you're the Cleveland Browns to think that you're going to cakewalk over anybody. You need every single victory as decisively as possible. And as far as right now, they have not shown any killer instinct. Now, the defense-wise, Javian Clowney will not play with an ankle injury. That hurts. But Miles Garrett will play, which is very important. You also have Chase Winovich, who is on the IR. So they're a little thin on the pass rush side. But Perrion Winfrey is back in the middle. He was suspended by the team for one game for apparently uh, oversleeping or something. So, you know, hopefully he wakes up for this one. And at the right tackle spot, Jack Conklin is expected to be back for the Browns on that offensive line, which has already done really well. Andy, i just laughing right now. We have the best chat. Uh, Rob Mahoney, oh, jeepers, I just noticed the Leaf swag too. Andy really <laughs> likes to torture himself. And then and then Kevin Kowalik in, looks like Andy is a bigger glutton for punishment than all of us. Um, hey, sure. it comes with the territory. Browns and Leafs, it's uh it's hurts a so tough good, run. Hurts. It hurts. hurts so good. It hurts so good. <laughs> hey, uh, before we go, I know you were mentioning uh, the DraftKings showdown tonight. You got a little chub as the captain. Um, anybody on Pittsburgh that intrigues you? I mean, I know if you could, you would just stack the entire Browns team and hope that they roll tonight. But um, yeah. usually if you want to have a winning lineup, you need to get a maybe a key pick or two on the other side of things as well. Yeah, and, and Hus, for the fantasy content and everything, I always, despite my hatred for the Steelers and the Ravens, I do try to be as objective as I can, despite their pea yellow, not gold, pea yellow, crimson more water, Pittsburgh terrible towels that they wave around, and they better not be doing that in Cleveland tonight. But for <laughs> Steelers tonight, I like, if we're looking at the DraftKings contest, I said Chubb as the captain. You got to go Deontay Johnson, right? Just like with Ben Roethlisberger last year, out of the slot, money hands, He's expensive, but in contests like this where you don't have a lot of fantasy weapons, you can stack the heavy guys and try to pick up those extra contrarian points with some lesser knowns. And so the Steelers, I got Deontay Johnson for sure. Boswell, the kicker at 4,000, he's going to be, especially if you're in the end zone or in the red zone, you're not converting a lot of points and touchdowns. Nice place for a field goal kicker. And I like Zach Gentry, the, the tight end. You got Pat Fearmuth as the main guy, but Gentry's been getting a lot of snaps. Few more targets. I think Gentry could be a smart play as a contrarian pick, and he's only uh, three thousand bucks in your DraftKings lineup. So, beauty, man. Well, listen, we'll look forward to it. It should be a fun way to kick off week three. You know, the dog pound will be rocking. Right. Um, just fill people in. I know you've got some fun content. Obviously, you're working with the uh, the UFFL, um, but fill people in on uh, the fantasy content that uh, was always so pro- uh, always so popular with Sportsnet listeners, and uh, where people can find it now on the Twitch. Absolutely, man. Well, every Sunday morning, I got the primetime spot, 11 a.m. to noon Eastern, which is that perfect fantasy time slot because the injuries come out at 1130 Eastern. So we got a lot of sort of panic questions in, which is why I'm here. That's twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. You can tune in 11 a.m. to noon Eastern every Sunday. And of course, on social media, we get blasted all day. I love it. Hashtag Ask Andy on Twitter. Blast those questions in at AndyMC81. Give me a follow. Use the hashtag and we'll get you all set up and try to Win week four or week three, I guess, coming up in the NFL. Yeah, I can't do it this Sunday, but I will be jumping on with Andy in a future yes. Sunday. So I'll let you know all about that here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Enjoy the game tonight. Should be a good one. Thanks for doing this, pal. All right, brother. A little NWO on the way out. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> there you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolfpack's back. There's Andy McNamara with us at AndyMC82 for Andy Mack. All right, we're going to get back to the Jets. We've got some audio from Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley, Josh Morrissey, and Connor Hellebuck. Before we do that, I'm not sure whether Nick's still in, but 
Great to hear Nick was out at training camp, and um, it was great to know that the Nick and Nikki DQ is still rolling as we head into fall. It's been a great summer, but it's never too late to get those amazing ice cream blizzard treats. As I've mentioned, Kit Kat, very popular right now, summer flavor. But for me, the Reese's Pieces Cookie Dough Blizzard, maybe the best one that they've ever made. But when you pop in to the Nick and Nicky DQ thinking ice cream, don't sleep on the new Stack Burgers, as well as the Chicken Fingers, which have always been great. Uh, but the the Toss the and the Honey Barbecue, damn, those are good. Um, try them out for yourself at one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And of course, you can hit them up on Instagram as well at DQ Manitoba. If you'd like to get a custom order in in advance, they'll get that cake ready for you for your party or gathering, and you can pick up quick and easy at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Man, a lot's going on this weekend uh, especially down at Little Brown Jug. Uh, of course, Little Brown Jug is hosting the party for Nuit Blanche. If you haven't been to one of their past Nuit Blanche parties, you've been missing out. You can change that this weekend. September 24th, Little Brown Jug's closing down the street and hosting a night that's a true celebration of art in our city. The night features the Moss to a Flame art installation, live music performers Rob Knags and Leosa, dance performance and more the party goes till 2 a.m and is free so don't miss out that's the 24th saturday night little brown jug down on william avenue of course anyone uh, certainly a lot of the wst crew was there for our first ever sports trivia a couple weeks back to kick off september we'll do that that again i'm sure at some point during the winter but don't miss that great event at little brown jug coming up on saturday night and of course you can grab little brown jug there at your favorite beer store or online for citywide delivery at littlebrownjug.ca. And we're down to the short strokes, folks. Three more days of live racing next week at Assiniboia Downs. If you haven't made your plans to get out to the track already, make a reservation now. You don't want to miss that prime rib buffet until next racing season. 885-3330, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week for live racing at Assiniboia Downs. And again, if you want to play with us, against us, and Bet Assiniboia Downs and tracks around the world. You can do that from your home by using hpibet.com. All right, we've got lots to get to. Let's get Remus back in here um, because Remus has been feverishly preparing some of the Jets' audio while we chopped it up with Scott, Mike, and, of course, Andy Mack. And, um, Remo, uh, we've got a little bit of Ehlers, some Mark Shifley, as well as extended comments from Connor Hellebuck and Josh Morrissey post the first practice today. It's here for scrums back in the room, as Mike said. So lots going on, but uh, we talked about some of these and um, Ehlers, do you want me to just get into them here and intro the clips yeah, you right know, we away? Don't have a, we don't have a ton of time, but let's start off with the Ehlers one because, I mean, this is one we had sort of referred to before. He talked about the opportunity to take a bigger role and address the leadership change that was announced on Friday. I don't really know. I mean, everyone, I think everyone in here was, was a little surprised by it. Um, but it gives a, a, lot of, a lot of guys, you know, a chance to step up. Um, you know, I had a, uh, uh, I'm an older guy now. I'm 26. I, I don't feel like it. But I'm 
I'm ready to, to take uh, a little more responsibility, and I think we have a lot of guys in here that are ready to take that step. So to be able to have, you know, 25 guys with great leadership, I think that's going to go a long way for us in the long run. I'm sure Rick Bonus, when he hears that, is going to get uh, put a smile on his face because I think that's exactly the way that you would want and hope that it would be received by the rest of the club. And I think it further shows that, you know, the move that the organization and the head coach made last Friday probably was in the best interest of the team. Um, Mark Shifley hit the ice today, and as I mentioned, looked great. Um, no question about the condition that Shife came into camp uh, this year, that is for sure, was skating along with Kyle Connors and Nikolai Ehlers, who we just heard from. Uh, but Shifley spoke afterwards, and this is a little bit of 55, discussing the coaching change and his excitement to get back on the ice with his teammates. It's, you know, I think, I think you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a nice, fresh start for me going into this year. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys can tell I'm pretty excited right now. I'm, I think I'm exuding positivity right now because I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm, you know, it, it, it's been an awesome start to the year. You know, getting, you know, talking to the new coaches and, and talking to the guys and seeing the, the excitement on guys' faces um, going into this year, I think, is, is, very, is very positive. And I think, um, you know, that's a... You know, that's exciting as a player to, to, to go through that and, and to, to feel that. So I think, you know, I'm excited to learn. That's, that's the biggest thing, and I'm, I'm taking out of it right now. I'm excited to learn from new guys. You know, Bones has been around for a long time. You know, Arnie's, you know, played in the league, you know, has, uh, you know, coached in this league for a long time as well. They're, they're guys that are, that are going to help me and, and all the guys in the, on this team become better hockey players, and that's, and that's really exciting as a, as a guy like me and, and, and as a guy, as a lot of these guys in their room. So that's... That's a very, very exciting. I think I've said exciting so many times, but that's that's how I feel. All right. Well, uh, Shifley's excited, and uh, that's a good thing uh, because he didn't sound very excited at the end of last season. I think everyone knows that Mark Shifley, uh, at his best, can be a major difference maker for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we had not heard from Josh Morris. who had quite a busy summer. One of the many Jets that tied the knot over the course of the uh, of the of the summer, but it was all about hockey when speaking with Josh today. Um, here's Morrissey first off on the pace of the camp that we've been talking about in observations from the morning group. Yeah, I mean, I think um, having done this enough times now, I think this is my ninth or tenth training camp. Uh, I mean, you just you know that the first few days are going to be kind of almost out of control pace. You're, that's what it feels like. You're, it's been a long summer. You can skate and train in the summer, but like getting back to that pace is is you kind of have to push yourself almost. Like I said, out of control. Everyone's going a million miles an hour, and so uh, yeah, that's kind of what you get used to. I think when I was younger, it was a bit of a shock. Like holy smokes, this is guys are flying, coaches yelling, everything else. But uh, yeah, I thought specifically today we had a good pace and. Um, the drills were, uh, were, you know, designed where we were, we were really moving out there, so it was good. All right, there's Josh Morrissey of the uh, Winnipeg Jets. A little bit more from Morrissey, who was asked to uh, talk about the lack of off-season roster moves. I think it was pretty clear that a lot was expected, I think, from fans, but I have a feeling that was probably the case of the team. It didn't very much materialize overall, and Josh touched on uh, that going into camp. I mean, my take is I, you know, believe that we have a good group of guys and a good group of players here. I think we have a good hockey team in this room, and uh, it's nice to see the faith from the management and ownership to not make a lot of changes of players. And um, I think last year, you know, we talked about it. 
until uh, we were blue in the face really about being frustrated, disappointed in last season, feeling like we underachieved and we could have achieved more. And um, So it, it, now it's kind of on us. We have a new staff uh, that's excited, we're excited, and uh, you know we get another shot to show that we are a good team and we're a team that can make the playoffs in our mind. So, um, you know, as a player, that's that's the confidence you want from your organization. And now it's time for us to uh, buy into the systems, buy into our our, uh, our coaching staff, and and uh, you know go to another level that we think we can have and and, and get to. There's Josh Morrissey. Uh, you know, he mentioned the coaching. We'll, we'll get a clip from him on the new systems in a minute. Um, but of course. Morrissey has been a guy that has had the A on his chest, has been a part of the official leadership group for the last couple of years with the Winnipeg Jets. And um, no surprise that Morrissey was asked his response of the uh, leadership change that was announced on Friday. Well, first, it's, you know, it it was shocking. I mean, um, Wheels has been my only captain that I've ever had in the NHL and guy that I've looked up to a lot over the years, learned a lot from and. Um, he's been a great friend and a great teammate, and uh, so it it was uh, it was emotional, you know, for for myself and other guys around the room because uh, you know I have a ton of respect for him, and um, you know, just uh, it, w- it was it was tough, but uh, at the same time, um, you know, I think Wheels the way he's handled everything has been just first class, uh, and uh, you know, we're not so concerned about you know all of that kind of stuff we're concerned about you know bringing our best on the ice and and you know trying to take a step forward from last season and um you know you can read into whatever message that sends but you know whether wheels is wearing the c not the c you know he's been the leader of our team and he's a leader in our locker room and um we're just we're trying to have a great camp and really have a great season become a playoff team again so that's uh i'm not really reading into anything too much time with the new systems here uh, and if he's noticing them uh, early on in camp, my bad. Yeah, I mean, right away today, um, you know, we're making a lot of changes to our game um, all over the ice, offensive zone, D zone, neutral zone, defensively. Um, and, uh, you know, from watching practice, we're, we're going to be playing at a high pace and we're going to be using our skating. We're a team with, uh, with fast players up and down our lineup on our back end. And, uh, we're going to be aggressive. So, yeah, to answer your question right away today, I think drill number two or three was was already into it. So um, that's exciting as a player because, uh, you know, it's really getting to work on something that's going to be a part of our team, you know, in crunch time during the season. Wow. Shocking mute violation by my partner today. As Roscoe said, I believe what you're saying is a mute point. It was. Uh, it was really just introducing the final clip from Josh Morrissey talking about the new systems. Um, got a few shorter ones, though, from Connor Hellebuck. I'm always all ears. Whenever Hellebuck's in front of a microphone, he has always been my favorite player to listen to. And I'll be honest, I think he still remains the most important player on the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to this team's success. Looking for a big, big year from the guy that'll get the majority of the starts in the Winnipeg net. And um, Hellebuck was asked to uh, just comment on uh, the vibe and the new coaching staff. Um, you definitely want to get to know the guys, and they want to get to know us. So and there's definitely been some words spoken, but I mean, when I'm out there, it's me and Flats, and we're really trying to fine-tune our game. So no one wants to come in between that, and um, rightfully so. We've done a good job, and um, I'm looking forward to, I mean, we got another two weeks before. I mean, I guess we got preseason coming around the corner, but um, we still got some time, so I'm excited about it. 
Uh, the most honest guy in the room is always Connor Hellebuck. It's great to have new coaches, but I work with Wade Flaherty. And they don't bug us. I'm good. Um, Hellebuck um, talked about the uh, hope for improved defense from the team this season and uh, what the coaches are working on and how that'll help him. I mean, it's great for me. Um, I'll do whatever it takes to win games. Uh, if that means playing more offensive, I'll play more offensive. Uh, don't know how that would impact me, but... Um, like I said, I'll do anything it takes to win. So um, when a new coach comes in with a, with a proven philosophy, I'm buying into it. So I'm pretty excited about where we're going, and, and this is just a start. All right, uh, Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, the Jets' number one goaltender, um, also touched on a little bit on uh, what he did this offseason and his offseason training to get ready for uh, the upcoming 82. Well, first it was clearing my mind. Um, this season is definitely going to be – one where you're going to need to have your full mental capacity. Um, this is definitely going to be up and downs, and we got to battle through it. Um, so first, I was getting my mind clear, and, and then I wanted to get some depth back in my game. Uh, I'm moving really well, and my, I'm in control of my hands, and you know I think it it added a, a foot here and a foot there, so um, should uh, add up to some more saves. All right, there's uh, Connor Hellebuck on uh, his off-season training, and one more from Helly. Um, you know, albeit. A goaltender, um, he certainly is a leader on this team. And um, Hellebuck commented on uh, the leadership change that was announced by Rick Bonus and the Winnipeg Jets last Friday. You know, I don't really want to answer any questions about that because um, th- that's on them. I think you can ask them uh, their thoughts and their mindset behind it. Um, I think we're coming in here with the with the same mindset. We we all got to be better and. Um, our details got to be right, and we all got to be a team in here. And um, so far, it feels great. All right, so there's Connor Hellebuck. A little bit of Halley for you on day one of Winnipeg Jets training camp. Uh, this afternoon, the Steen group was on the ice, uh, which includes Blake Wheeler, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Cole Perfetti, as well as a number of the defensemen, including Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk, Philly Hainala, and Dylan Sandberg. So we'll have some of that for you tomorrow and uh, hopefully a little bit more of Kevin Sheveldayoff as well for you on tomorrow's program. Um, but Remo, man, great to be taught. It was great to see the guys tweeting out the lines this morning. Great to see the guys on the ice. Great to see some, some familiar faces. And um, I'll tell you what, for one day at least, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm, and I'm sure that's exactly what Rick Bonus was hoping to create an atmosphere uh, about on day one of his uh, new gig here in the peg. You're hearing excited from Shifley, Hellbuck, um, new coaching staff. I think it's kind of rejuvenated the guys. You're not going to the same old, same old. Everyone's on their toes. It's something different. I think that seems like it's going to be pretty good, pretty good for them. And, you know, new systems. I like this, you know, same team, but uh, going to be refreshed. So. I think we're all intrigued to see how it's going to go, and we've got a preseason game Sunday. We do have the line rushes here from the Steen group, as I bring them up quickly. Marat on this one, Perfetti, Dubois, Wheeler, Harkins, Lowry, Appleton, Isumont, Stanland, Mainalainen, uh, Meyer, Jones, Limoges, uh, Dylan, Hainala, Capo, Bianco, Pionk, Sandberg, Schmidt, Kuzman, and Lundmark. So those are, uh, that's what we got. Right now for lines in the Steen group. Yeah, and you know what? I love Mike's take on that, Um, especially once we've seen these groups um, together, how 
there's really a veteran and a younger player or a newer player in all of these groups. And um, I think that certainly sets an interesting tone as far as, you know, the competition that we knew would be there on the blue line. Now there are certainly some mitigating factors as to, you know, who will play, who can go to the Manitoba Moose. But as long as everyone is still in camp right now, uh, a very different look and a very different opportunity, I think, for some young players that had not been there in the past. All right, uh, quickly, cool bet lines for tonight. We sort of went over some of this with Andy Mack, but we do have a big Thursday nighter tonight, and uh, it is between the Steelers and the Browns. And uh, the line is now up to four and a half for the Cleveland Browns. Went down to four earlier today, back to four and a half, and an over-under of 38 uh, for the game. Steelers plus 183 on the money line and Browns minus 200. A bunch of player props available. I like. I don't mind as a TD score, Pat Fryermuth from Pittsburgh. I have a feeling that's who Mitch Trubisky may be looking for in the red zone. And as far as the uh, one that we talked about, the rushing yards, Nick Chubb over 84 and a half. Oh, that number's gone to 85 and a half now. Uh, but I think it all starts and ends with Nick Chubb for the Browns tonight. You uh, you think the Browns cover at home, Remo? Or are we going to have a close game between these two middling franchises at this point? Oh, um, I was impressed with the Steelers. The uh, what in the game? The first game where game they against tied. the Bengals. Yeah, that, where they tied. Although are the Bengals the Bengals suck? They just lost to the Cowboys, who had Cooper Rush. At quarterback, what's going on there? Um, yeah, well, the Steelers, not quite the team without TJ Watt, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think Trubisky may be more competent. They got some good players. You know, their defense still without TJ Watt still strong. The Browns did just lose to the Jets. Although the Browns are at home now, they got that elf in the middle of the field. Watch out for it in tonight's game. Maybe that'll give them a boost. But okay, I was very wrong picking Minnesota Monday. I would go... Do I I'm division game going to be tight. I would take the plus plus four and a half. I'm with you as well. I'm with you as well. I'm taking the Steelers and I know everyone thinks this game is going to be like 10, seven or something. I'm going to take the over though. That number is so, so low. I'll be on it. We'll get into the lock shop and chop it up more. If you want more content from yours truly in about 10, 15 minutes or so, we should be live on Twitter with myself and Dustin Nielsen breaking it all down and getting ready for tomorrow's big show. Search Lock Shop wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to give us a sub. You can also check out the Twitter feed at Lock Shop Bets. Uh, but as far as Winnipeg sports talk, that's going to do it for us today. But tomorrow, we'll get you ready for FanFest. We'll have more from the, uh, more from the Iceplex. I uh, think we might also check in with uh, we might check in with the ice because the ice gets started actually on the weekend. Um, so we'll see if Munzee wants to jump on. We'll definitely have Ken Weeb with his thoughts from Weeb's world and from the Iceplex on Jets training camp. And we'll get the uh, NFL notebook out with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And of course, it's Friday. You know what that means. A marble race here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Speaking of marbles, I think Derek Schmidt, who I know is in the chat. Shout out Derek. Longtime member. First time winner. I think he's going to come by and grab his uh, his hoodie for his win last week in the marble race. Make sure you join us tomorrow. And obviously, if you haven't already, 
Make sure you hit that red subscribe button. It's completely free, but subscribe to Winnipeg Sports Talk helps us spread the channel. And most importantly, you'll get all the latest, freshest WST content whenever you jump on YouTube if you miss the show live. Folks, that's going to do it for us today. Great to be back at the rink. We'll have a scrimmage tomorrow morning. We'll be able to talk about that on tomorrow's show and day two of camp on the program with Ken Weeb and more. Hopefully we'll hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff, have some of the highlights of his media availability earlier today and much more from Winnipeg Jets training camp. All coming up tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk, your home for Winnipeg sports. Thanks again to all the sponsors that power this program each and every day. And of course, to our guest today, Scott Billick, Mike McIntyre, and the always energetic Andy McNamara. Enjoy the football game tonight. Maybe you'll see it at Boston Pizza if you pop by. And we'll definitely see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock, right here, WST. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.